Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> I well, might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's Barely. it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All yeah. I have to say is, hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Yes, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us here on The Session. I am drinking a Fieldwork Canopy Pale Ale. <laughs> Me too. Isn't that, it the boss? Holy shit, it's yeah. a good beer. Yeah. It's a really nice pale ale. It's almost gone. So, how the hell did you avoid pale thirty one? That's boring too. Oh, it was beer number two. So I had pale thirty one first, and then I went to the canopy by recommendation of Allison, our bartender tonight. Who uh, I think it's her last night with us. It is her what? Last night, yes. Which uh, with which, the hop grenade? Yeah. With the hop grenade? Yeah. I mean, she's dying. <laughs> she's dying tonight. Yeah, I don't mean like it doesn't. And yeah. she wants to spend her last hours on life <laughs> working on Earth, at the, serving you beer. Listen, well, it's a good company. Last night with us it. has a different meaning for tasting. <laughs> right. Well, she's telling me she's going to GABF with us. So I, I mean, I'm saying it's not her last night with the Brewing Network. That's true. So she, it's her last night at the Hop Grenade, but we have recruited her to help us at uh, the Great American Beer Great Festival. She's, a, yeah. she's very, very capable. Yeah, she's wonderful, and I'm uh, quite sad that she's leaving us, and um, I'll probably spit in her drink tonight. Uh, what is she doing? Going to she's like dead school to me or something? Yeah, everyone keeps leaving us for like careers. <laughs> she's getting she's taking a professional job. Yeah, school is in no way related to a no. career. Yeah. Uh, no, this is uh, an internship uh, after school sort of thing. I don't know what the hell. Ask her. But she uh, she's dead to me after tonight. So yeah, right. who's dead to you? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, but she recommended this great fieldwork uh, pale ale, so that's nice. And um, God, we got to get more of this fieldwork stuff in here. It's good beer. 
They got it. She's leaving you with like a, a great final impression. Man, I remember that girl. She recommended the best beers. <laughs> the best, yeah. She was great customer service, great beers. I forget her name. Uh, Amy? Mary or Amy. I don't know. Yeah, she's gone already. All right. We got a lot to do tonight. I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer. Our good friend's over. You can go to morebeer.com and check it out. And they've been sponsoring this program for uh, over 10 years now. We love them for it. So go uh, show your support. And, um, yeah, be good to them. They're good to you, and, and they're good to us. Tonight, we are talking about sustainable brewing with our old friend. You might remember our old friend Morgan from Ale Industries. Ale Industries based out of Concord originally, now down to Oakland. Although they yeah. kept a presence here with a tasting room just around the corner, so that's cool. Helping our conquered beer scene. And we're going to talk about sustainable brewing with them, as well as a brewery called Terra Firma. And John Niedermeyer is going to join us as well. He's into uh, sustainable brewing. So we're going to learn about different uh, equipment that you can use and different practices uh, to uh, reuse and, and just become a little more uh, sustainable. Reuse water, reuse heat, alternative fuels, uh, all sorts of things. And we've talked about this uh, topic before. But I think we're going to uh, learn some new things. Uh, there's definitely some new technologies that yeah. people are using really since relevant, then. Yeah. It was years ago, even, that we did the topic. So yeah. um, I'm excited to get to talk about it again. Is a, a, an alternative fuel like a, like an unleaded gas that feels like an electric current? Uh, I don't wants know. to present as electric? But I'm not sure. No? I'm not sure. Is that a thing? Is that a joke? I didn't, it's, it's it's a, thing. That's a trans fuel, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, that is. That there is. You go. Warren caught on. Okay. Which is very scary to me. Yeah. And that you, means it's a great joke. You're really going downhill when Beardy catches on. <sighs> yeah. Um, Look, it's early, and this uh, beer I'm drinking tastes like uh, chicken broth. So. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I won't tell you who it is. Okay. Fieldwork paleo. But it, <laughs> tastes, it literally tastes like I'm drinking cold cup of soup. It's not because you had ramen before the show? It's definitely the beer? I blew a chicken. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that. All right. So let's get through just a few things so we can get to our show today. Uh, I want to give you a little recap of the uh, <laughs> Mammoth Festival of Beers and Blueza Palooza yes. event that uh, JP and Push and I went to this past weekend. Uh, Tasty was there, and uh, Shimke uh, went up to do some social media work, yeah. uh, which was fun. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but... Uh, what a great festival. It was a good time, and we shot some video for you, so we'll bring that back to you. Um, you know, never a dull moment with the Brewing Network. The BNRV, the bunker, uh, caught fire on the way there. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which was exciting. Uh, it was very uh, exciting. Probably terrorist. It, it must have been a more beautiful area. Yeah. We are just in the most scenic of places. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not good. How did you, you're still here. Uh, I like the ending of this story. So, as usual, this story starts with me not being the sharpest tool in the shed. And I did what what all of us do when we're traveling somewhere nowadays. You, uh, you punch the map into Google, and you figure out how to get where you're going. Well, it turns out that with an RV, you should pay a little more attention to the route, especially when going over mountain passes and... <laughs> Other things. Because there's these things called graded roads. Right. Yes. And by the way, this is only where my stupidity begins, not where it (laughs) ends, because there were further warnings. So, you know, I punch it into Google. I'm in Martinez. I punch in Mammoth Lakes, California. It gives me the fastest route there. That's what I'd be doing. And for for those not in California, there is no fastest route there. It's very difficult to get from the Bay Area to the east side of California where Mammoth is. And yeah, yeah, you have to traverse mountains or drive to Reno and then go south. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you, and and even then, you're traversing mountains. Right. That's just a more accessible pass. That's the truck route pass. Uh, so, you know, you're talking eight to 10,000 feet of mountains here. They're, they're big. It's the Sierra Nevadas, I believe. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I just picked the one that looked fast. So we Pretty go. windy, but. And, uh, you know, they're all windy on the map. Yeah. Sure. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Squiggly line's a squiggly line. <laughs> so for those of you that are in California, what I chose was Route 108. And if you've ever done, <laughs> if you've ever done this drive, you know what I'm talking about right now. We're going to have some reverb. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm going up. We're, we're headed up the pass, and everything seems fine. And then we passed our first very large billboard type of sign that says, uh, trailered RVs not recommended beyond this point. <laughs> but I, mine's not a trailer. No, I, I no. got We have a Class C. So, I, you know, that's all one piece. So I'm thinking, all right, well, that doesn't apply to me. Uh, I am special. This <laughs> is not a trailered yeah. RV. So uh, another uh, couple minutes down the road, the second very large billboard type of sign says uh, no vehicles over over 27 feet. It actually doesn't say no. It says vehicles over 27 feet are not recommended. Um, oh, which leaves it open right. because you, yeah. you, right. you don't know what kind of driver you are. Right. You know? I happen to be an exceptional driver, so I'm thinking my ours is about 32 feet. So I'm going, hey, what's what's a few feet between friends? <laughs> yeah. You're like the rain man of, of RV driving. Yeah. Yes. Thank yes. you. You're welcome. So we go for it. And, Which, um, by the way, can I point out that you didn't give anybody? There was no chance for us to say, "Let's not go for it." Right? It was just we're just driving, and uh, I'm hanging out the window looking at all the the scenery, and Push yeah. is doing whatever he does, and you're in your head going, "Let's go for it collectively." Yeah, yeah that's just true. Yeah. Which is usually how things work around here, I guess. That's true. So, um, the uphill climb. Is rather difficult. It's the first time I've ever had to put the wagon into like first gear and leave it there just to get up these grades. We're talking like twenty seven percent grades here. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, which you know, hey, that thing runs like a champ. So even with its weight and all that, uh, hey, we're we're good to go. Yeah. Coming down the backside is where we run into a little trouble. You know, now the brakes are. You know, so I'm using the you use the gears to slow things down. I know how sure. to drive. Uh, but still, they, they heat up a little bit. And we get, you know, almost through all of it. We're on like the last quarter mile, and I can't, I, I know I got to put her down into first gear, but I can't get first gear to catch. And so I just, I'm in second, and I'm riding the brake, and we make the last turn when the brakes pretty much go out. Like they're now so hot that they're just not working. It went liquid. Uh, yeah, so I've got enough to just pull over, use the e brake. Get us to a stop, and then there's just this wall of smoke just oh. everywhere. You know, which happens. Uh, it so, happens to the best of us. Uh, yeah. so, That's so not I, a big showstopper. Uh, yeah, so I go. It's happened before, or else how would anybody know that it ever happened? Right? It's happened. Exactly right. right. Smoke. Thing. Come on. These things happen. It's not the first time I've lost my brakes for the same reason. So I, I get out, and I go, well, we should, you know, where there's smoke, occasionally, on the rare occasion, there is fire. Right. Yes. We get out, and we, we walk around, and, um, yeah, sure enough, one of those bad boys is on fire. Oh, no. <laughs> you could see it in the wheel well? Yeah. The right front brake, I look right in through there, and sure enough, that thing's on fire. Oh, fuck. So, oh, man. man, so instantly, I'm like, okay, 
the two things that go through my head, and I yell them both out, I think, equally loud, which is fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher. And I turn the other way and go, roll camera, roll camera, roll camera. <laughs> so it's, we got it on camera. JP acts very fast inside, uh, knows right where the, the extinguishers are. He unlocks the door for me. I pull off the extinguisher closest to uh, the door. JP goes for the other one, uh, push rolls tape. I go over to the front wheel. I jam down on the fire extinguisher. Nothing. It breaks off. The, the handle on the top of the fire extinguisher breaks. It, sh- it just cracks right off the thing. Uh, luckily, there's JP right behind me, hands me the second fire extinguisher. You're going, how does this thing work? And I think that's on the tape, too. How does this work? you got to pull the pin out of the handle. Oh, maybe I forgot the pin. Yeah, no, did you uh, break the first handle with the pin still in the it? The first no, one didn't I, appear it, to have a pin. It didn't have a handle. It, oh, so it was broken so, so, already. Yes, that black, the black handle, like what you had on the top of the extinguisher, was just the metal pin that the handle would squeeze to deploy the the. the Foam or the uh, dust or whatever it is. So you're sitting there going, how does this work? <laughs> going, Here, take this one. So it gives me another one. Yeah. We get the fire put out. Um, and then... And the video. It, it's on video Man. and us getting it put out. So that Are now you- we're just... Now, you know, we're just sitting there waiting and I'm thinking, <laughs> well, this is bad. Uh. Because I know now in hindsight that I was pretty much done with the hills. But at the time, I had no idea. We can't see around the next several bends. And I don't... I don't want to call AAA, for one, because we don't have any reception, and two, that costs money. So I'm just thinking, what do I got to do to reverse those. maybe we'll get us on the road, you know? So so I pour water on one of the brakes, and you're not supposed to do that because it will, it <laughs> oh, could, no. if they're hot, it, it could, like, crack. Yeah. It'll crack the path. Yeah. But I, and I knew that, but I no also didn't, there, I huh? didn't want the, um, the fire extinguisher schmeg all on the brake pad and the disc either because then I thought – well, there's no way I'll get out of this without calling AAA. So I was, I'm trying to salvage things. I'm like uh, weighing, you know, the consequences here. So I, you know, water it down a little bit, get it cleaned off. We wait an hour and a half. I don't know how long, and then we just decide, fuck it, let's give it a shot. Yeah. And so we go, and the brakes aren't working that great when we go. I'll be honest. You don't they're, say. They're spongy, <laughs> and uh, they're hot, and. Um, and the brake light is on now. The warning one that says things are fucked. That one was on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but now it comes on. Through the mountains, right? Yeah, but we made it through anyway. We made it the rest of the way to Mammoth. Um, yeah, the rest of the way wasn't that bad. Yeah, we luckily you know, we actually really were wasn't. pretty much down the, yeah. the rest of the hills. We were still an hour and a half outside of our destination too. Yeah, yeah. we we had a ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> so we get there, and uh, you know we drink. Get, shake it off a little bit. And the next day, we find a place to take You know, Someone recommended we go to this place. So we go. I you know, drive the RV over there, and, and he explains to me. So here's basically what happened. You know, When you, your brakes get that hot, you, uh, you boil the brake fluid. And when you boil the brake fluid, you get air in the lines. And, uh, you know, brake fluid is, a, is an uncompressible liquid. That's why it works in hydraulic things, because you hit the brake, it moves the liquid, it does not compress the liquid, it applies the brakes. Getting air within that system uh, is what causes the pedal to move without applying the brakes. So it's not a good thing. And so he seems to really know what he's talking about. He says, hey, you know, we're going to check it out, we're going to bleed the brakes for you. Um, this is on Friday. We're, not, we're leaving Sunday. Um, I said, all right, do you have time? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right, well, what if you don't? You know, well, that's okay. We're open Saturday. Okay, great, because we're leaving Sunday. No problem. If we don't get to it today, we'll even park you in the back of the shop. We'll plug you in. We'll give you a place to sleep. Yeah, they're being the nicest people. Yeah. They don't fix it on Friday. 
Saturday, about 3 o'clock, you know, a little before they close, I call them up. So, how's it going? Well, yeah, we checked the brake pads. They're fine. Mm. Yeah, I know the fucking brake pads are fine. <laughs> right. uh, but you're supposed to bleed the brakes. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that guy only works Fridays, not Saturdays. <laughs> the brake blading. The, yeah, the brake blading. And I'm like, well... Oh. Okay, that's fine, but it was there Friday, and you, you know I'm talking to a different guy now because the manager guy who explains it all to me, he's not there on Saturday either. They only have one guy that knows how to bleed brake. I know how yeah. to bleed brakes. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. He's probably the same guy, the manager and the the brake bleeding guy. He just didn't want to do it. <laughs> he didn't want to do it. Yeah. So now it's you know Saturday night. We're leaving the next day, and now we have a decision to make. Do I? Do we stay until Monday? <laughs> And we're having a great time in Mammoth and all, but we got things to do. we got to get home. Do we take the really long route that doesn't really require a mountain pass, or at least a, not a very big one, which would have made our drive home about nine hours instead of, instead of five or six? Or do we, or do we just fucking go for it? Uh, How come breeding, bleeding the brakes yourself wasn't an option? Because after doing a little research, this particular system is somewhat complex when it comes to bleeding the brakes. Something to do with the master cylinder and having to do a pressurized bleed rather than the normal pump the brakes type of bleed. You actually have to like vacuum some things out. Now, this may or may not be true. I'm going off of what I can, uh, looking up things on my phone, just <laughs> trying to discover if it's something I should, so you can sure, night. If I yeah. should sure. tackle this project or yeah. not. Okay. And I decide, you know, the brakes worked the rest of the way. They seem to be all right. I don't, I don't want to take the really long route. So, you know what? We're just going to do it. So we drive our ass through Yosemite, hoping for the best. Now, keep in, mind, uh, <laughs> keep in mind, JP's got a little anxiety about what? things. <laughs> Dying, for one. Living, um, for two. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm trying to talk him down. I'm going, look, if it's just me. I'm not even talking to you. I'm just, I'm doing this. But because it's your life, too, and because I know you, I'm going to give you the op, you know, what do you... get a vote. (laughs) You finally get a vote. Wow. This is the trick of the week. Which is a partial vote. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually is indicative of how serious the situation is, because otherwise nobody gets a fucking vote. But because there is the chance that we drive off a cliff, I figure I should give JP a vote. Sure. Not not push. Uh, Push got another ride home, that pussy. Uh, Which he had his own experiences, but we'll get to that later. So yeah, do me a favor, Beauty, and come over to this microphone for now. I don't know what's going on with that thing over there. It's never done that before. Or start singing some Journey. But that's a strange, strange thing. I'm going to have to fix it to break. Well, it's nice to know when like, you're going over the cliff, right? And, you're go- and then your whole life is passing in front of you. It's nice to know you had a vote. You know, like you got to. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, I could have made a stand. <laughs> so no fucking way are we going over there. Yes. In, yes. in my mind, uh, you know, if. I figured out a plan. If we were going off the cliff, my plan was to look at Justin and go, it's not all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty much why I gave you the vote, because I was going to be yelling, this is going to (laughs) hurt. And yeah. Yeah. Taryn's going to be pissed. (laughs) You know, it was fine. It was a little dramatic. Um, We used the gears. Uh, We drove over Yosemite this time, which I've never seen Yosemite. Uh, A beautiful place, apparently, Um, when you're not stressed out about dying. Yeah. Um, so you were stressed out too. Yeah, I was really, bit. I was really stressed yeah. out. Uh, but I got home, my back was just killing me, which is not from the drive. It was just the stress because I'm just, you know, everything's fine. You use the gears to slow the thing down. But if uh, my worry is that if there's a moment that I don't gear correctly or the hill gets a little steeper than I was prepared for, now you're playing catch up, which is when you slam on the brakes or <laughs> even up, even right? use the brakes okay. in this case. 
uh, you know what? That RV, that RV got us home just fine. Yeah. The brakes seem to be fine, too. I think they bled themselves. There must be a leak somewhere. Uh, because by the time we got home, there was no sponginess. No sponginess. It was working fine. Nice. Uh, so what did you do? You slept in the thing at the shop? Yeah, we just, which actually worked out somewhat to our advantage because yeah. where we were going to park for the festival, we couldn't have plugged in or anything else. We'd have had to run the generator and all that. And so we would wake up, and the shop had like a coffee shop in front of it. We got co- free coffee and uh, plugged in. <laughs> you know, everything but them doing their job was yeah. great. Oh, yeah. How far from the fest site was the shop? A mile. It was right there. Oh, you man. Know. It was only slightly farther than where we would have been parked for the fest. So really, good oh. luck. So, it yeah. Is, yeah. so <laughs> RV-wise, it's a good yelp, and then uh, automotive-wise, it's not so good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They were very accommodating. But see, the good luck part, this is why I never learned my lesson about my stupidity or my impatience or anything else. Because it all ends up working out in the end. I'm like, oh, hey, we had a place to stay. And And so now that the brakes are working fine, you're not going to take it to a shop and get (laughs) everything redone. I'm pretty sure that I I should take it to a shop. Well, we we all know you should. (laughs) But yeah. The question is, are you? Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I will. Yes, eventually. <laughs> yeah, if it, it happens again. It, yeah, if it, you know, if it happens again. Poor Jamil, he took such great care of that thing, and now you've had we've had it for what like three or four months, and we've just beat and the I thing and set the it on fire. Yeah, we feel the fire extinguishers every time. I do. Yeah, we do need to get new fire extinguishers. Yeah. In fact, whatever came out of that fire extinguisher, I'm pretty sure wasn't like a healthy fire extinguisher. Yeah, it was, but it, was it supposed to be foam? Because what came out was yellow powder. It was yellow powder in a weird yeah. Um, but put the fire out. So, put, again, put it all works out. It all worked out. Fine. Folks, you don't have to check your fire extinguishers before all you right. go. If you have a backup, it's fine. We also took the RV over a one-lane bridge at the same time as a semi-truck was oh. coming the other direction. Oh. And, and we may or may not have scraped the side of the RV oh. down the what? bridge. Well, listen, I had the right of way. I was on the bridge already when this fucker came around the corner. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, neither one of us want to back down. Uh, it's Chicken. You're almost as so, big. Yeah, I was pretty. I'm pretty big. It's You're a right. big RV. It's, too bad it's like made of cardboard, right. practically. Right. So I'm thinking, I think we got this, you know. And we're, and we're passing this thing, and, and and JP and Push in the back are just listening to. Oh. They're like, I think you're scraping. Now we're fine. Nothing I can do now, boys. <laughs> How so, fast were you going when you passed each other? 60. No. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, we both knew it was a one-lane bridge, so you carefully yeah. navigate that anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he should have backed off. Uh, should have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't have it, made the corner. It could have been one lane for weight management. Maybe when it's not designed I thought to have of that. two large vehicles on it at one time. That crossed my mind. Um, but, no, it was also definitely the width of the bridge. <laughs> Dear uh, okay. God, okay. I yeah. am glad I was not on this yeah, trip. Man. Yeah. No kidding. So all of this is on video, I, I believe. Right. And so you're going to get to see it in our mammoth uh, behind-the-scenes experience. Yeah, Plus, there you go. That's your yeah. Mammoth uh, uh, Festival recap. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh. So uh, the rest of the, uh, the festival, you get to see great bands, great beer. Uh, what a really good time. I want to thank um, Joyce up at Mammoth Brewing Company there, who was just really wonderful to us and uh, took good care of us all weekend. Oh, we yeah. had just, just met her, and Mammoth is the host brewery, and she just treated us like family. So that was very sweet of her. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I just want to thank her for that. Her and Jess just took great care of us. Uh, and then also uh, Sarah at the... Uh, 
the festival organizer. She took good care of us, too. So we'll bring home the event to you via video. Just give us a week or two on that as Push puts it together and, um, you know, evaluates his life and travel with the Brewing Network. <laughs> you want to run down his issues real fast? <laughs> uh, we're out of time, actually, okay. yeah, because we got to get to this interview. Stick with us. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. It's the session live from the Hop Grenade. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing, and like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, the Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a home brewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the Brewing Network.com. 
Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotation. Frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House online at CreekMonkey.com. Welcome back to the program, and thanks for hanging out with us. we got Tony McGee from Lagunitas in here with us. Uh, real quick, before we get into the Tony McGee story, i got to remind you about the Siebel Institute of Technology. It's America's oldest brewing school. More courses than any other brewing school, which include advanced home brewing, so you don't even have to go to be a pro, craft distilling, and beer styles courses. For those of you looking to be a BJCP judge, you can ace those beer knowledge exams. Professional-level brewing courses available both campus-based and web-based, so so you can do it at home uh, while you have a day job. Uh, in fact, one of the fascinating uh, things we're going to learn about with Tony tonight is how long he kept another job while running uh, Lagunitas. So if you want to learn to brew at Siebel, you can keep your other job and do web-based courses. Uh, faculty include some of the best-known and most respected instructors in international brewing. Visit them online at SiebelInstitute.com for all the information. I just want to point out, you see, Tony, how uh, the high-quality nature of that exposure for our friends at Siebel. Yeah. We, we can oh, always yeah. do that for Lagunitas if it ever, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're ever looking for uh, sources. All right. Just throwing that out there. I had a meeting. Siebel's cool. That's a great place. Siebel is cool. My, my brother-in-law, Ray Daniels, he teaches class there. He runs uh, the Cicerone program. Ray I didn't know Ray's your brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah he's my sister. I knew yeah, your sister that. lived there, but yeah. I didn't know that. Well, that's a weird. Yeah. And you're still it's friends. It's a nice family. I know. It's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> that's very cool. The glitterati, you know. That's very nice. Well, he. so you're a Chicago guy. Right? Originally, yeah. Originally. Yep. When yep. did you move to California? 1987. 27 years old. For what? Uh, to get away from my past, okay. I mean, to, get away, okay. to get away from a whole string of bad decisions and launch a, a, new, a new string of poor decision making. <laughs> Don't people normally go to Alaska or Florida when they're running away from their problems? Yeah, that, that would have been or maybe, Antarctica. It, that would have been. It depends on the level of bad decisions. San Francisco, for, to me, in Chicago, seemed like Alaska. I mean, nothing could have been more exotic. So. Or farther away. Or farther away. So, exactly. I. Uh, I want to get into the book because there's a lot to talk about with it, and I, I just want to say. First of all, that it, I've always been a fan of Lagunitas. Um, but in reading the book, I've discovered, Tony, you're, you're my hero. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I think that people are going to understand why, especially if you read the book. It's actually that Tony is no holds barred in, in this book. 
and he talks about all of you talk about all your downfalls. You talk about the things you screwed up. There's way more of those than there were the others. There's you, know? a, you talk about all the things you didn't know about and right. that you fumbled your way through. You give recognition to a lot of luck and good people that helped out. And all the way through, I'm reading that, and I'm just going, I love this guy because I've been an idiot the whole time running the Brewing Network. <laughs> and I tell you, and you never <laughs> look, yeah. listen. But, but look where you ended up here. This is a wonderful thing you guys got going here. And we ended up here. And that's and it's fun for me to read your story, too, because I just it made me feel not as alone as an idiot. You're like a kindred idiot with me. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's a compliment, I think. Life, he, sometimes life is just to fall down the stairs. You, know? you, you think you're climbing them, but the truth is you're heading. <laughs> yeah. Well, and not only that, I, I could also admit that um, – so Sierra Nevada Pale Ale introduced me to craft beer. But yep, yep. Lagunitas IPA made me fall in love with craft beer. It's the wow, one that made me go like, oh, there's a bunch of crazy beers that, that should be tried. Yeah. Uh, it was just – it was so different at the time that I tried it. This was somewhere around, I want to say, 99 or 98 or something. And yeah, I, yeah. I tried IPA and it just, it was at a local bar right around the corner, as a matter of fact. Right, right. And it just kind of, it just kind of blew my mind. Took, I think a lot of people must say that to you. Well, you know, yeah, I hear a lot of positive things. It's exciting IPA. to hear, you know. I mean, always exciting to hear that. But the truth is, in the time that we made that beer, there was like nothing quite like it. And, yeah. You know, it, it, it wasn't a good idea. I mean, that's the underlying thing. You, know? you say in your book that you were the first California brewery to, to lead with an IPA. Like to it was your with. flagship. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. really true. That's yeah. really true. But but that was born out of the fact that, uh, you know, the uh, brewery that I had a you know, ton of respect for, Sierra Nevada Brewing, uh, just everything they did was gold-plated and it was uh, uh, incredibly well-executed. And they, what they, it seemed like to me, like the things they did, they did humbly and, 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 uh, and without pretense. And, and, and we, you know, so that we began, we made a, night, a pale ale. And a stout. It seemed like it just light and dark. There was a place for me to start. And uh, I quickly realized I didn't want to compete with Sierra. I wanted to sell around them. I wanted to be a, a peer. I wanted to be a partner in the market. And made, at that time, you would have had to compete with them, right? Because they yeah, were on tap everywhere. But, but, and the truth is, is that their, their work was so beloved by retailers as well as consumers that you know, nobody wanted two pale ales back then. I mean, now you go into a bar, you'll find three, hmm. three, three uh, double IPAs. Right. Back then, it would be a wheat, an amber. There'd be a, a Coors Light or a Bud Light. And, and there'd be a, you know, a, 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 like Red Hook ESB. And there'd be Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I mean, they wanted one of each representative style of the world. And, okay. Because um, retailers didn't understand what was going on. All they knew is they wanted to provide they, they knew their customers were excited about variety and they wanted to provide some variety and they only wanted to have like six or eight taps there weren't very many 50 tap bars back then you know sure now it's very common so so i wanted to sell around uh, this great brewery and uh, so we did the ipa as a way to um to, to be able to sell alongside it turned out obviously to be a great decision and especially at the time you it was it was new I mean, it was, yeah. So, but you know, this, I mean, I, I grew up as a musician, and, uh, you know, what you want to do is you want to stand on the shoulders of giants. And, and you know, they, they've, they've, you know, climbed that last hill, and maybe you'll see something a little further away if you do. And so that was the idea there is to try to find, find something new to do, something that hadn't been thought of before. And that meant that, uh, that intrinsically, it wasn't going to be an, a good idea. In fact, it was going to be a long <laughs> shot. Right. You know, and, and, if, and if people loved it right away, you know, back then, I mean, we could, we could have made a wheat beer, we could have made, a, uh, you know, a fruit beer, we could have made an amber ale. I mean, all those things were like what everybody was doing. I remember there was an old Milwaukee red at the time. Oh, know? right. And, and, Weinhardt's red, I don't know. But, and, but it seemed like, well, you know, it's like I want to find something new that hasn't been done yet. Sure. And White so, Heart's Red well, is good, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I drank a lot of that. That's it. Taco Bell for a couple of years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lived on it. Taco Bell beer right there. Well, well let's well, back up even yeah, further. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I was going to ask if the IPA was something that you brought with you from homebrewing beforehand. It wasn't. Nope, not even close. Not even close. And, and, IP, and IPAs were like, they were pretty exotic things back then. I mean, sure. uh, uh, homebrewers made them and because it was exciting. For homebrew, the more anything you put in the kettle, the better. You know, it was just, it was just more stuff and everything. <laughs> it was a simple concept. More must be better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, but there's Bridgeport uh, and, uh, uh, you know, Anderson Valley made a nice IPA. It was 100 IBU IPA back then. This is mm-hmm. Ken Allen. I mean, no, and, oh. and it was, so, but it was all first edition hopping. And and that that was the thing that I think well, that we did early that that only Grant Johnston, who was brewing at Marin Brewing at the time, did these late heavy late editions, small early editions, and late heavy editions. And, and that's that was the model I built our thing on. And I found that that yielded an opportunity to make an IPA that didn't taste like anything anyone had done before. Yeah, and it did. So, yeah. I remember Bridgeport too. That's one I found after yeah. after your beer, and I, I went looking for those types of things and yeah. bottle conditioned Bridgeport IPA. And there was Grant's IPA as well. Okay, out of Washington. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But that was the very. Those were all very traditional heavy first edition. And that heavy first edition, you, you get a very astringent bitterness. I mean, it's up. It's in your face. It's you know, it's puckering kind of stuff. There's this other fraction of hops that appears with the late edition that now everybody understands, and it's very commonly kind of employed. But sort of shifted then, to that now. Yeah, but back then it it, it wasn't thought of. Uh, and Grant, like I said, Grant Johnston, he was he was fucking with that stuff and and was doing some really interesting things with it. And, and what what knocks me out about that is that you know, brewing by that time is already fifteen thousand years old. There's four ingredients, and there is still something new to know about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's crazy. So let's back up even further. Uh, so before Lagunitas, before you got into brewing, you, the you, diaper you moved, area. Yeah, we're going to go yeah. all the way back. Well, first the earth cooled, yeah, and then yeah. we're, we're back to shitting again. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. we always go back to shitting. So you're going to learn that quick. Um, you move out here. What was your job pre Lagunitas? I, I moved out. I was I was playing in a reggae band back there, working nowhere jobs and doing you know nothing that was going anyplace. And so I came out here actually just to kind of straighten out. And I got a job. Uh, I got a job offer from a company in Los Angeles to sell printing. And they said to me, "Well, okay." My dad had moved to Los Angeles, and I went, came to visit him, and then I met this printing company. And they, they said, "Well, we have an opening in San Francisco." I'm like, okay. Oh. I kind of wanted to live in L.A., you know. <laughs> right. And, and I'm like, what's it like up there? <laughs> All I could picture was Rice Aroni and the, 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 the really, you know. The, yeah. the sales manager said, uh, the sales manager said, uh, well, some people really like it up there. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I got on a plane, came up, and I was selling commercial printing for okay. the first uh, first tw- 12 years of the brewery. Wow. So our first, first 12 years of living here, and five of those overlapped with the brewery. Okay, five years into the brewery. That's yeah. something I definitely wanted to get to. You were still working. And yeah. I want to talk about we'll – when we get to financing a little bit, I will, I will talk about that. Right. But So you were a musician first, yeah. and uh, you, you're classically trained as well, right? Like you can compose and – Yeah, I studied composition. I, I wanted to write music for television commercials, which at the time was a giant industry in Chicago. I mean, there were – you know, all of the great consumer product companies had ad agencies in Chicago or New York, and Chicago mm-hmm. was one of those centers, and it was a career. You had some gigs at that, and then yeah. you say in the book that mononucleosis ended your jingle career. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, we, I, we, were, in a, we were recording. Uh, uh, I had done not the final uh, production for it, but the, the sketch for a Philadelphia cream cheese commercial. And, and I turned to the producer, and I said, man, I really don't feel good. I, you know, I went to the doctor. He says I might have mono, and, like, the room cleared immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and they told me to go home. And, oh, right. And by the time I was back and ready to go a month later that my seat had been filled and you know okay. it was back to scratch and, and the truth is i'm a pretty good musician but there are people who are freaking great and and there's only three jobs you know so so it, it was all right it was just darwin having his way with my career choice sure but the truth is i think i studied music uh, so that i'd know how to um create a brand 
<laughs> I, I think I studied composition so that I, I, I would uh, understand how to build a, a beer recipe. Okay. You know, I, I, I studied, spent one year in design. I didn't know why, but it turned out it was so that I could design beer labels. I mean, you know, Steve Jobs has this great thing. He says, you know, when you're looking forward, you can't connect the dots. So you have to, you know, you're looking backwards, you can always connect the dots. Oh, this happened and that happened, so this would occur, that and it brought me here, you know. But looking forward, you just have to trust in something else. And so but when I look backwards, it's like clearly I was – all the learning yeah. was meaningful and nothing was wasted. I just was – they were misdirected, and I finally found the thing to do. I think that's a great message for, for young entrepreneurs or even just young people that you're, yeah. I remember a lot of times going, what the fuck am I doing? And why did I take this? And why did I take that? And you're really down on yourself sometimes because you're kind of going nowhere. You feel like you're just spinning your wheels. You yeah. do. But you do realize later on when you get to where maybe you're supposed to be, like, like you feel you have. And I feel that I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. You can connect the dots. That's a fact. And you go, if I didn't have that, even that shitty moment, and some of them were good moments. I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, my, my one year in design school was at uh, the Mahali Nagy New Bauhaus School of Design at, at uh, Illinois Institute of Technology down in the south side of Chicago. And, and in the first year, it was, I was studying product design, not graphic design, 3D product design. And the first year, though, all they do is, is 2D. And uh, it was the first semester was just black and white type. There were no pictures. There was no – it was just arranging type on, on a page. Look at our labels. It's like that's all that I do. And, and, but the thing about it was is it gave the labels a unique voice. Yeah. I mean, I worked with type as as medium, you know. And, yeah. and if I learned more, I, I'd be a more ordinary designer. And my labels would look more like other people's. And it wouldn't be bad, but they'd look different than they do. Okay. How, so. come, how come Lagunitas doesn't have a jingle? A jingle. I mean, does they just forgot? Lagunitas. <laughs> you know, for some people, like that, that those things get in your blood, like a, like a like a, like a bacteria. For, for me, it's like an antibody. <laughs> right. We should write a Lagunitas jingle. We really need to. They're, they're incredibly like effective. The we should we should cobble one together. We're all relatively. Talented, right? Well, they, I didn't want to say here. You were going to use that word. I didn't want to choke. Lagunitas, that's the name, and just flush your troubles down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't pee-pee. have to be sober at Lagunitas Brewery. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to do that now. But back in the '50s, that would have been fine. That would have been a great jingle. Uh, now, speaking of things, you kind of say everything in this book, and you briefly say, you know, when you were in bands before. That you, you finally quit the band because you were high on LSD for 30 days? Well, that, <laughs> Did yeah. I read that correctly? Yeah. What happened there? Just Reagan give me and LSD, to, to me, don't go together. But uh, what do I know? <laughs> were you Bob Marley reincarnated for 30 days? <laughs> Have That's you ever looked Snoop closely Dogg. at Bob Marley or, or Peter Tosh or <laughs> Jimmy Cliff? I mean, those yes. guys, they were higher than just a little bit of weed. I they think, were, you know? absolutely. <laughs> so. Now, yeah, well, 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 you, when you do a thing... You want to do it well. That's true. <laughs> right. so, Even LSD. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the LSD. Well, we, were, we were tripping and eating mushrooms and, and, you know, just smoking weed and playing. I mean, because we'd be out on the road, like, you know, sometimes two weeks at a pop, and we'd be back home for three, four days and back out. And after a while, he's just sitting on the bus, you know, riding between college towns around the, the, the Midwest and such. You know, you just you get quite bored. And sure. So you start entertaining yourself. and. But but the thing is that we weren't making any money. I come back home and I had an MG, and it never ran. Yeah. So, so I come back and my rent would be due, my car wouldn't be working. We needed some money, and so we we talked to a friend who we knew had a friend who knew a guy who had a buddy up in Rockford, Illinois. And we drove up to Rockford and we uh, we, we bought 
a sheet of, of Mr. Natural from him. And, 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 but the thing is, he was tripping, and he sold us three sheets without knowing it. And, <laughs> and, and so we decided we would follow our initial plan, because it's important to follow through, and sell one sheet. And the other two sheets we ended up eating. You and, did. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine. So I've done all these things as well. Seven, I, seven hits. You wake up, seven hits, go back to sleep, wake up, Christ. tripping, go to philosophy of religion. You know, try to <laughs> I can't imagine what you're like coming out the other side of that. You know, it took. It was probably a year before I could speak clearly. Yeah. Honest to God. Oh, I mean, man. If, if, if I had to say something like, you know, uh, throw the elephant down the drain. You know, I mean, the elephant, <laughs> the, I mean, those, those might mouth wouldn't make those noises for a better part wow. of the year. And I worked as a short order cook. <laughs> wow. Because I, I didn't have to talk very much. <laughs> yeah. Perfect gig. Send you tickets. Yeah. Okay. Well, I but had all, to bring these, all these experiences pile up and they make, they make you, they make, if you're lucky, you survive them and it just gives you a perspective on the world that others won't have. Sure. You know? And Lagunitas does have a very unique personality. You talk about it in, in, in the book in terms of how your fans like us relate to it. I think it's your unique personality, not just the great beer, that makes us love Lagunitas. And, and it's not mine solely. You know, I'm, I'm like a lens at the brewery. I, like as a composer, right? So I write a piece of music. It goes on to pieces of paper that have dots and lines on it. I hand them to virtuosos who then turn those things into sounds and emotions and feelings and, and pictures in people's minds. You know, so it's like... I'm still that with the, with the brand and, and the company. I'm sort of a lens, but, you know, you know, Ron Linnebush, you know, Jeremy. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, these are the people that, you know, that really bring, you know, the richness and, and the depth to, to the to the vibe at the brewery. I mean, I, I continue to be that lens, but I, I'm not the author of it by any means. Sure. You know? All the way at the end of the book, you even kind of expound on that where you, you, you talk about maybe the success of not just Lagunitas, but craft beer. Yeah. It's from the consumers totally and what is. we want and give back to you guys. There's a giant hole in the world that sucked all of us into it to serve it. And, you know, it's like the thousand monkeys sitting at a typewriter, you know. Eventually, one will type Shakespeare, you know. And so the same thing has happened. There's, there's just this consumer need for a thing. And so people did all kinds of crazy things to try to fill it. Some of us brewed beer and it turned out that was what people wanted. The people didn't even know they wanted it. They knew they needed something. Right. They wanted something to build community around. Uh, I, I, I use the word tribe a lot. You know, it's like it, it's uh, and craft brewing uh, serves uh, this fundamental human need that, uh, that, that the big breweries simply can't. The imports could never in a million years and uh, soda pop can't. Beer is a different sort of ritual. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, when you, when you really spend enough time with beer, you start realizing how deep into the, the essential nature of life on earth that beer actually is connected. You yes. know, that, that yeah. that's, it's a, it's a profound relationship. There's no explaining it. It's just true. You know, we've talked about the, why craft beer is so important and, and that our favorite part of the industry is the people we, we've talked about it, but what you're saying really put a fine point on it for me was that maybe we just had a need, like you said, and craft beer just happened to fill it and give us that community and, and a common ground and an experience every time we take a drink and, and talk about it with our friends that we just didn't have before. So, so the brewery has, you know, we're, we're a business. We don't, we don't have a, a board of directors. I mean, the board of directors is my wife and myself and one friend, you know, but we have an advisory board. And one of the people on the advisory board, these are some freaking monsters of the universe. One of the guys is the chief marketing officer from Facebook. All right, and so we'll be, we'll be meeting on Friday, and and I I said to him that you know, the last time we met that I think beer is the original social media. Yeah, you know, I mean that's why they called them public houses because it was where the tribe, the town, the community met to 
births and deaths, you know, the news of the day, the conflicts, resolve things, get, you know, spend time, you know, bonding. I mean, it's the original social media. Yeah. Well, the original There's information that. highway, if you will. Like, yeah, the, exactly. exactly. The pathway yeah. Or, and it was the social lubricant for yeah. that particular yeah. sure. form of. Yeah, let's not forget that important part. Yeah, no. lubricant for social intercourse. <laughs> or just lube. Never forget lube. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, you, you mentioned your wife. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Car- in the Carissa. beginning, yeah. um, you had a good gig with the, with the paper, but it, it kind of went south. And uh, for lack of a better term, you were kind of fucked before Lagunitas, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking bankruptcy here. Yeah, and you even thought, and you were newly married, but you even thought, wow, this might not happen either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that period of time that led you up to Lagunitas? Well, you know, we ain't got nothing. Ain't got nothing to lose, right? So all of a sudden, anything's possible. And there I was, you know, at at, uh, at, at thirty three years old with a ton of resource, you know, but but no uh, no avenue. And uh, so we were married, and this, you know, the printing business was kind of coming, you know, kind of collapsed during the Gulf War period. And all of a sudden, I bought a house, and I, I, you know, I owed fifty thousand dollars in taxes because my printing business went away because the Gulf War, and just a whole constellation of things kind of crossed. And, and I wasn't sure I was going to be married for much longer anyway. And so, um, so I, I, I rented this building down the street, and I had brewed one batch of homebrew, and I could see my way to doing more of that. And so I rented this little building down the street and went and applied for a, a beer license. Didn't ask my wife for anything. You know? After one batch Wait, of homebrew. Was yeah. it even finished? Uh, it, 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 it did went, you just brew it? It, it, ah. it was finished. It was finished. Oh. I, I brewed it and I drank it and it was delicious. The second batch was in process as I was deciding to start the brew. The second batch turned out terrible. <laughs> was that the Cal Common that you write that, about? In the yeah, book? that okay. was Anchor. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, But the thing about it was is that you know, I mean, again, being a musician, right? You, you play one gig, you play really well, and you're like, "Fuck, I got my shit together." You play the next, you, 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 just, you just you just suck ass. You, you can't figure out why. How, so the difference is how prepared you were. Yeah, it, it's not. You just described my music be. career, by the way. Yeah, well, I played one gig that was great, and the yeah. rest of them sucked, except for the first part. <laughs> but, but, but see, the thing is, that to me was exciting. The, the 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 gap there between the two things. It's like I can learn to do this. You know, I, I know how to focus. I know how to. I, I could do it once. I can do it twice. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't yet. So, right. so 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 the, so I, I read the space there so I could live in it if I had to. You know, <laughs> it was I, your I, backup I, plan. Yeah, yeah, it was my backup plan. That's You're right. still married to the same woman now. Yep, and she she has a big role at the brewery, and she you know runs all the trucking, the logistics parts of it all. Yeah. But if it doesn't work out, you have a legit brewery to stay at now. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got tanks I can live in if I had to. Yeah. Got a couch. Yep, exactly. So you guys made it through some some really tough times. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go too far into it because you really should read the book. But something that Tony describes in the book are the financial difficulties of, of not just being an entrepreneur, but particularly for being a brewery. And not just a brewery, but a successful brewery. In detail, you really describe that, okay, so we're selling more beer, and people like it, and the brand is working, and I'm selling more beer, so now I need more equipment, and now I need to hire somebody. And you start to talk about cash flow, yeah. which is something people, for some reason, aren't <laughs> taught in even all the brewing schools. No. So what ended up happening is the more successful you became, the harder it was for you even to stay in business. Do I have that about right? Every day. Okay. Every day is like that. You know, it's like a high school... You know, kid growing. You, you, you're growing two inches a year, no matter how many chocolate sundaes, banana splits you, you, you cannot put on a pound. And in fact, you're, you're, you're getting your back starting to 
kind of get curved because you're just growing too quickly and you can't keep up and your body that's the business when it's growing that fast it's, it's just how to it, i mean the, the 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 sort of cheeky kind of accountant way to say it is that you know your balance sheet eats you alive sure you know mm-hmm. you, know, you do a great job of describing what it means i think in a, in a practical way so instead of just talking about balance sheets what tony does he really goes so here's what happens you got to order all the raw materials to produce beer and then those people want to be paid but the beer doesn't go out for X amount of days. And then even when it goes out, you're not going to be paid for another X amount of days from the people who bought the beer. Um, and by then, the first people who you bought all the ingredients for are calling to get paid on their bill. But yeah. you haven't been paid on your bill right. of all the beer that you sold. And it kind of scared the shit out of me the way you write it, actually, Tony. <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> it it, it must have been. Yeah. And all the while, now, during this time, your your answer most of the time was to work harder at your day job right. in order to pay your employees and everything else. Yep, that's right. I was sell, I was selling printing to in order to in order to just generate cash because you need to be you know they say well you got to be well capitalized. Well, that was what it was I was doing. I was just you know I I was making a lot of money selling printing and I'd get a big check, you know, for you know five figures on it and I would take, you know, 2000 home and you know, use it to pay the mortgage with and put the sure. rest of it directly into the brewery and never even tell my wife that the check arrived. <laughs> so. right. Well, the point that you made, I, I see happen all the time where uh, breweries open and they're undercapitalized. Yeah. And one thing they forget to put on their business plan is the operating income you need uh, to get you going through that first cycle right. uh, by the ingredients, make but, the beer. But there's no way you there's really, if you're growing at, at like oh, then 20, that, 20%, right. there's no way you can earn enough. And that, well, that, if that's a growing number, yeah. then yeah. Yeah. And then, so what you need, so the answer, you know, if you talk to business school kids, they go, well, you need to raise more capital. Yeah. Well, right. that, that means you got to sell some stock in your company. Right. And so here you're hardly even at the starting line and you're already starting to sell bits of your company away. Right. And believe me, as you go down the road, there's lots of reasons to raise money that that make a big difference later rather than... But again, you even put that very simple equation into perspective uh, when the NBA comes in and says, well, yeah, you need to raise capital, so sell some stock. Well, the stock that you sell for $50 today is worth $6,000 10 years from now. And that's what you've really given away. And this is the perspective I'm talking about that's really useful. Yeah. For, in, in 19, the only money capital that we raised was in 1999. I mean, the real big, there's little bits here and there afterwards, but but it was $1.2 million, or no, $600,000 I raised. We valued the company at $1.2 million at the time. And so basically, I sold half of the company for $600,000. Wow. I mean, today that's a rounding error. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is. <laughs> right. I mean, it's wow. really, but you know, so when you, when you think about, ra- about, you know, raising equity money, it's the most expensive financing you'll ever, ever, ever do. Sure. So, so now Tony gives, I want to say some advice throughout the book, but most of the advice is given through examples of things that you've screwed up <laughs> and, and figured out how to do to better. Pre- I try not to preach. That's, that's and you stupid. I just wanted to say that here's how bad it can be if you're not careful. Well, and everybody <laughs> or knows if you're like me, the anyway. successes already. Right. We're familiar with that, yeah. but nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear what didn't happen or what went wrong. They do. Right. And also, I've never read a book where you actually, where the author talks about even some of the shystery things that you got to do to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony yeah. does it. So yeah. I won't read, I'm going to read the part about the taxes. But before the paragraph that I'm going to read you, uh, Tony, it's this hilarious story about him opening enough bank accounts just to keep <laughs> money moving enough so that the IRS couldn't dock <laughs> his pay mm-hmm. because he was... You were in such trouble in the beginning that you were behind on taxes. That's right. Here's a great piece of advice from Tony. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read the paragraph. If you get in trouble with your taxes, 
During the third year of the in- income tax lateness, I got a little wiser. Here's what I learned about how the, how the IRS uh, does what it does. If you have a problem and you don't have the money that you owe on April 15th, file anyway. 45 days later, they're going to send you a letter demanding the dough. Take that letter and smoke it. Don't answer. <laughs> if you do, you'll end up talking to a very menial 1-800-type attendant who will push a little button on their screen and start a sinister timer running. Uh, there will be no negotiating. Instead, if you can stand it, wait until you get the fifth letter around <laughs> September. It will come via certified mail. Answer that one right away. That letter will have a different phone number on it, and it rings to the Seattle office called the ACS, Automated Collection Service, but it's not automated at all. The hold music is Vivaldi, and it will drive you crazy. <laughs> Four <laughs> seasons. <laughs> Uh, eventually, you'll speak to a person who can make deals. Not on the amount, but on the terms. Make them a promise, and then, by all means, keep it. If you can't keep it, call them the day before and tell them. They won't like it, but if you keep your end of the deal, which includes telling them before you're late, they'll keep their end of the deal, too. No more seizing bank accounts. If you don't want to wait for the fifth letter, call me. I kept the secret ACS number just in case. Wow. <laughs> that is <Tricky>. practical advice. <laughs> yeah. And it's really just yeah. talking about, like, this was a real thing happening in your life, and oh, not yeah. everybody puts it in, a, in, in the written form. <clears throat> I, I'd, I'd, be sitting, I, I'd be sitting there. I can picture it right now. I'm sitting there at the counter in our kitchen. I'm sitting on the porch, where, you know, looking into the house, where it's, and it's kind of dark because the way things were. Li- My wife's sitting in the living room watching television, and I'm listening to, you know, the Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> And for 45 minutes, Ugh. waiting to talk to this one guy who would go, Hi, Tony. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> we got to know each other. You okay, know? yeah. But Where's the money, T Dog? Yeah. But, but, we, but you, know, pay, you, pay, you pay your obligations. The funny, the, the, the real truth of that, the, the, real, the underlying uh, message and all that is that honesty blows people away. And if you're really on top of it, and I mean, I used to, I own the I owed the glass company enormous amounts of money over terms, you know, six months over terms. But I would talk to that guy every couple months, and I talk, I'd go in and make presentations about the business. He'd call, I answered every one of his calls, and sometimes the answer was like, I don't have it, and, yeah, and he'd right. say, Well, what are you going to do? And, and I would say what I thought I could do, and if it turned out I couldn't do it, I'd call him back yeah. before it ha- before. And, and, you know, it's just, I mean, even just recently, you know, we, you know, we just, we went through a giant bank, um, our, our, you know, 2008, nine kind of really upset our, our, the little bank that we were working with out of Spokane and they were great people, but eventually they got sold and then that got sold again. And so the new bank didn't want to go any further and we were in the middle of building the Chicago brewery. And so now we had to go through a bank review. We found a new bank. So we found a new bank It's Chase Manhattan, JP Morgan, I mean, Big and, bank. And, and, and Wells Fargo, uh, you know, syndicating it. And we're about to. We're ju- this is just like last month. We're, we're about to sign our all the loan docs. I mean, things are going to close. And I mean, and we're, we're talking about a like hundred and fifty million dollar debt package. Oh. In, in addition to kind of refinancing our existing package, and um, uh, we, we, we weren't going to meet our our twelve month projection numbers. And we realized because Chicago had opened a little bit late. And the question was, well, is this material? Our accountants are wringing their hands. Do, you know, do we have to tell them? I mean, is it, if it's a material event, we have to tell them. Well, how do we determine if this is material? I said, fuck, it's material. Tell them. Be honest. So, so we called up, and, and uh, the, the, the Wells, the, who's the lead finance, there's, there's one guy. They don't have a loan committee. There's one guy, and he's like, your stock just went through the roof here. Right. Thank you for calling. Let's for get, doing it. He said, why are you bothering us with this? <laughs> but thank you for calling. You know what I mean? Because it, it made a difference. You know? and this so, is a good point. So this just is be ongoing. And, and it doesn't matter if we're small or, or like this is you know, last month. It's great advice. It's just mind-blowing yeah. that the IRS 
also works that way. <laughs> yeah, well, they do. Well, you have to wait until it's certified mail. That's the thing. Yeah. If, you, if you call one eight hundred IRS, you're in trouble. Oh, right. Man, I mean, those well, are the money. At that point, it's, yeah. it's collection agency, right? Yeah. So right. it's yeah. the different. So they just want anything. Yeah, let's yeah. take whatever they, whatever you can give them. Your first brewery, it cost you five thousand dollars. Now you might pay that for a pump, right? Yeah. <laughs> at, yeah. The, at the new brewery. And that's yeah. cheap. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> there's a lot of stories. All right, this is the first interview I've done uh, since we've moved into our shiny new digs. And it is shiny. Where I wish we were still in the garage. Because I, <laughs> I almost, like I'm a sellout talking to Tony, because he talks about the stories when things were a mess. That first $5,000 brewery. I didn't like you caused a power outage in the in the city you were oh, yeah. in because you didn't know what the hell you were doing with the thing. Yeah, yeah. There's Wait, all these seriously. Yeah. What, what well, the hell close happened there? to it. Well, something like the, the the brew house. The first brew house was all electric. I mean, it was built to be shipped to Russia, where they don't have natural gas in the in the back countries. And then the order fell through, so I was able to buy it kind of inexpensively. And but it was a hundred amp kettle. I mean, my whole house is a hundred amps. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I, I didn't ground it. I, I didn't. What if? How would I know but from grounding? I don't know anything from ground. So, You're supposed to, like, stick a rod into yeah, the ground, well, yeah, right? I, I literally well, ground it. I did. And, but when I first turned the kettle on, uh, the the uh, the the, uh, the elements on the bottom somehow had grounded to the chassis of the thing. And there's a contactor, this big kind of thing, that's a, sort of a, a fuse. And it was slamming back and forth. The lights in the building were going on and off. And all of a sudden, someone comes in from the street saying, what's happening in here? The street lights are blinking. No way. <laughs> yeah. I, Wow! So from a safe distance with a two by four, I turned the breaker back off. You know, wow! <laughs> yeah, and put in a ground rod. But <laughs> it's amazing that you were even able to get a brewery to start Lagunitas for five thousand bucks, right? Well, that was the that was the little brew house. Uh, but the whole thing was thirty all put together because of okay. refrigeration, some tanks. But the brew house. The, the, you know, the kettle mash ton and hot liquor thing, there were five, it was five grand. It was ridiculous. It but, was built in a container, like a container ship yeah. container. Uh, some guy just made these modular things. Yep, uh, yeah. A lot yeah. of grungy John, tanks. John Cross, man. I okay. mean, his brew houses are all over California, all over the country for that matter. Interesting. Yeah, he was a, he was a wild man. A crazy guy out of Porterville, California. It's a fascinating story. I want to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the successes as well. We won't talk about all the failures, but the, I just think that you do a great job of uh, just laying it all on the line for us to learn from. And for me, in my case, I just got to relate to it because I was like, oh, man, I did a bunch of stupid things, too. It's, uh, it's good stuff. We're talking to Tony McGee. He's the uh, founder of Lagunitas Brewing Company, of course. We've got his beer on tap here at the Hop Grenade. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the beer and some of the successes at Lagunitas. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. For nearly 40 years, one organization has had your back. The American Homebrewers Association. Are you a member? <laughs> Why not? Join the more than 40,000 brewers who enjoy all the American Homebrewers Association has to offer. Like Zymergy Magazine, in print and online, plus the Zymergy app. 
Zymergy is the leading publication for amateur brewers around the world. Supporters also get member deals at their local breweries, bars, and homebrew shops. These alone quickly pay for your membership. You'll also get great member-only resources at homebrewersassociation.org and access to AHA events like the National Homebrewers Conference and the National Homebrew Competition. The American Homebrewers Association promotes the hobby of homebrewing, protects the interests of homebrewers, and brings beer lovers together. Become a member today. It costs less than a batch of beer and gives back so much more. Visit homebrewersassociation.org. Three-time Ninkasi Award winner and Grandmaster Judge Gordon Strong invites you on a guided journey of what's new in the world of homebrewing. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles and contemporary techniques available now from Brewers Publications. Gordon brings you specific advice and sensory profiles for as-brewed, award-winning beers with delicious variations to get your creative juices flowing. This is more than just a book of recipes. It sets brewers on the path to discovering what's new in the world of homebrewing. AHA director Gary Glass says, if you want to enter competitions or just learn more about styles that you might not have experience with, this book is going to help you tremendously. By emulating what Gordon does, you're going to make better beer. Modern Homebrew Recipes, Exploring Styles and Contemporary Techniques by Gordon Strong. Available right now from BrewersPublications.com and find brewing retailers near you. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Right. Welcome back to the show, and thanks for hanging out with us, both at home and at the Hop Grenade. we got great beer on tap tonight at the Grenade if you want to come on out. We've got some cool events coming up, too. You know, uh, we've got Allagash Breakfast is coming up here this Friday at the Hop Grenade. And the following Friday, we're having Tasty Night. It's going to be tasty. Tasty, tasty. Yeah, we've got four different collaboration beers that Tasty has done with uh, great brewers <laughs> around the Bay. They all ask me, so I'm uh, like I'm a... I love it. I think it's great. We're going to have... Is there like a brown ale or something? There like will something be like, a there... Russian River Janet's Brown. Janet's Brown. will be there, yes. There will be... Do you like make up with an Italian guy? <laughs> there will be Faction Tasty <laughs> Vapor. Yeah. Uh, there will be... 
Cleophis Queely Session IPA. Cleophis Queely. It's a session IPA, but we're calling it a session pale ale. Those guys are cool. And also, I believe Evil Three. Evil Three from Heretic. From, yes. from Heretic, which was also brewed with Mitch Steele from Stone. Yeah. So it's going to be one hell of a night here at the Grenade. Yeah, and uh, probably some other Russian River beer that you know that uh, might might find its way down here. Might make its way here. Ooh, that's the rumor. So that's March. That's Friday, the thirteenth of March, and then we've got a, a good Brett Fest with Allagash here this yeah. coming Friday. So uh, it's uh, good things happening at the Grenade. Also, real quick, as we're about to get into uh, how Doc fixed his beer, I want to remind you of our wonderful sponsor over at Beersmith Brewing Software. You can go to beersmith.com right now, and it's a great piece of software. You get a free 21-day trial. It's going to work on your Mac or your PC. I happen to know for a fact that Doc used it as part of his uh, salvation project here with this beer, and he's going to teach us a little bit about how he used Beersmith to save the beer, and you can too. So go right now. Uh, If you're going to Listen to the rest of the program on your own. Maybe you press pause. You get out of the car. You go to work. You come back. Um, I, I recommend you go over to Beersmith, download the software, because Doc's actually going to talk to you specifically about how he used the Beersmith uh, brewing software to save this beer. So go check out our wonderful sponsor over at Beersmith.com. So, Doc, before the break, uh, where we left off was that the, uh, the repitching of the yeast didn't really cut the mustard. And you still weren't willing to give up on the on the beer. So I, I want to know where your head is at. W- what options do you still have to get this beer to ferment out? Can we go back to the first option? Dump it. Yeah. But as Tasty said, it's still a pretty good beer. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not. It to me. Yeah, it's different. So uh, um, the other thing is doctor it up with something. So you mentioned that, like throw, you could do a little bourbon something. Yeah, or, throw some like peach in there, right? Maybe vanilla. <laughs> yeah, a couple of vanilla beans. Yeah, something, something like that. And but I also want to try to dry it out some. And the two basic methods are going to be dilute it with uh, sterile water. Okay, so literally just add water. Right. Okay. Just act like you're Anheuser. That's right, kids. <laughs> act, yeah. like, act like you're Anheuser Busch, and you, right. you you high gravity brew, and then you. Uh, dilute it down to wherever you're gonna, your target. So instead of 8.8%, you make a 7.8. It's right. not sweet. Right. Did you think of making a new style called Sour Baltic Porter? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I didn't. It's everybody's go-to, isn't it? Right. Sour it! Yeah, just yeah, sour, sour it. It's too sweet. <laughs> sour. A lot of brewers, well, it accidentally goes sour, then they could say it's sour. I right. do, I do yeah. have a five-gallon cask that would have done that real well for me that was sitting right there in the corner. And, uh, <laughs> oh, Yeah. And but I that's gotta, not the right way to do it. We're joking about that. Right. I, I want to give some good info I, I'm here. Trying to, basically, the only problem that I really had with it, it just wasn't dry enough. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, if we just dilute it, we're going to dilute everything. That means we're diluting the hops. We're going to dilute you know, the bitterness. We're going to dilute the maltiness, color. Every, every, the color, everything. So uh, that's one option. The other one is a rescue beer. I'm going to brew a different beer. And brew it to fix things that are in the first beer. Usually, I reserve that though to fix other things, not okay. just not just uh, finishing gravity stuff. So the brewing of a second beer is is also diluting it, but at least then you're allowed to control maybe some of the other components because right. you could add hops back. You can add. Okay, mm-hmm. if I get something that's not hoppy or too hoppy, that then. I can I can deal with that too. It's a different kind of dilution that gives right. you a little more control. Exactly. Here now wait a second though. The day, rescue beers on the way. Didn't you do something though in between? Like, I know this sounds crazy, but like 
adding Bino and things like that to a beer. What? Was, oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Was that something? That actually, you, actually, I, th- I did do that in the uh, in the primary one too. Just it's it's an enzyme. It t- helps break down some of the unfermentables. Did you do that before you repitched? Or yeah, after? I did. That was okay. one of the things I forgot about. That I tried that. It didn't have a whole lot of oomph. To really? It. Right. So you literally just take like off the shelf Beano yeah. and throw it in there hoping that it breaks down enough and, enzymes and it, to ferment. It, you can get the White Labs does have enzymes that will also do that. Right. Okay. If you if you have issues about dumping Beano out of the box into your fermenter. <laughs> Which, yeah. for some reason, I do. <laughs> yeah, you can buy it from White Labs. Oh, excellent. And it'll come in a nice little container. It's, and I you prefer can that. It it's, yeah. it's basically a galactoside ace. And it's a. And of course it for is. For brewers, you can only buy like. The hundred pound box kind of thing for so long. <laughs> okay, okay. And now, just now, we're starting to be able to get small quantities of it so we can use it. Okay. Uh, it, it helps to to break down unfermentables and long chain to short chain, long, long mm-hmm. chain things. You, know, you get ropey beers and things like that. It helps. It helps break them down better. But that didn't work either. It's been around a long time for commercial brewers, yeah. but you just couldn't get it in small enough quantities and. And just to be clear, you literally like went to Safeway right. and bought I've Bino. done this before. Okay. It's not new to me. <laughs> they know him at Safeway. Yeah. Oh, Bino again? Yeah. Got that yeah. stuck reputation. Okay. God, if I thought of Bino. I, Bino, I've used it as, <laughs> He's a gassy man. I use it as well, but I can't remember any dosing rate to recommend. You yeah, it's, it's only going to – it's it's an enzyme. It's only going to do so much. Oh, so it's, it's hard like, to overdo it. Yeah, it's good until it runs out of stuff it's to just do. just chuck some in there. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. No, so it comes in – Two basic model. It comes in the, the pill form, yeah. and it comes in a capsule. I like oh. the capsules because it's already... I got powder. a liquid version when I used it before. Yeah, yeah, no, they don't, they don't make thing. that anymore. Uh, right. oh. <laughs> Doc knows, man. Yeah. So you, uh, least, you grind up the uh, pills? Or do you let, what no, do you no, do? no, it comes in the capsules. <laughs> kind of so like a... Uh, uh, gel cap. Oh, so you can open them and... Gel yeah. Cap. Okay. yeah, gel cap. It looks like I just open them yeah. up and put them in there. Okay. And yeah. it, it has worked for me before in the past. Okay. And how about the gas? It's worked for him before in the past. It's worked before. So... All right, so you added the Beano. Did it do anything? Not much, no. I've used it in the mash before, and it, it really helps. Okay. But uh, it didn't really work this time. In what scenario would you use it in the mash before you knew it, you had trouble? Just in a high-gravity beer in general? Yeah. I okay. don't use it for trouble or anything. I'm going to have certain uh, adjuncts that are going to have you know, more unfermentables to them. Okay. You know? Do you know, is it is it uh, that enzyme... Alcohol sensitive because I know like pectic enzyme when you add it to fruit fruit must and things like that you want to do it before fermentation because alcohol inhibits yeah it, it, the effectiveness it, of that it, it can okay um, also I, I looked up what the what the ideal temperature is for it I didn't want to cook it overcook it and things so that's sure. where it comes in when we start talking about the the rescue beer okay okay because I still had some vino left. <laughs> So the Beano didn't work, and so now you're faced with, with a couple of, well, three options. One we know you're not going right. to do, which is dump it. Uh, your other two options are to dilute it with just uh, sterile water right. or to dilute it with another beer and to actually brew a beer that, that maybe you've designed to, to dilute it. Which option did you choose? Both. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so what did you do, split the batch? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. well, I have so much of it. I've got kegs and kegs of this stuff, okay. so I just... Pulled some out, uh, uh, did some math with it on what I, what I wanted to do with it first, and I I did I pulled out my my beer smith. Uh, if you look in, there's a couple of places to get it. Uh, it'll usually come up in the the 
the left pane, it says tools, or up in the top bar, it'll say tools. Click on that. Run down to where it says dilution tool. Okay. Uh, and then it'll tell you uh, your starting beer or your wort, whatever you're going to have. Yeah. Uh, and you put in your volume and your specific gravity. And so I put in the first beer. Yeah. Which uh, was what at this point you said? About 1030? Uh, like no, no, no. It was, it was down to 1023 at this point. 10, okay. Yeah. And it's within guidelines, but to me it was just a little little too sweet still. Okay. It didn't – yeah, it just it kind of took away from – uh, the roastiness for me. Okay. That's what it did. So I figured out if I'm going to be diluting it, uh, I put in my parameters, what I want for them. I, and I did it in short kegs, Scotties. Yeah. And okay. Uh, just in case it went awry. Anyway. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, first one was water. And I, I, I had a target in my head what I wanted for uh, the, the final gravity. And it was about a, a Ten twenty one, and I played with the numbers until I got it, and it turns out to be about fifteen percent of the water. So I I boiled water, uh, cool it down. I put it in the keg, just put it in the in the refrigerator, and let the, the small keg cool down. Added the wort on top of it up to fill fill the keg. I knew how much it was in there. Got it carbonated, and that's what you got. Okay. Now, so just to reiterate, you you found out the dilution factor right. in Beersmith. Very, very. It important. helped you know how much water to add. But I also want to reiterate, you're now diluting everything in the beer, the hop, right. everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just sort of across the board. Yeah, and I wasn't worried about it with this beer because it was big. Everything in this beer is okay. big, big maltiness. There was enough hops that it wasn't going to be fine. It's not a big hop forward beer, but it wasn't going to dilute it down. To the point where it was was, you know, noticeable. So one point. of these beers in front of me is the water diluted beer, right? Right. right. Do we know which one, uh, Moskowitz? Yeah, from left to right, you have your uh, dilute, and then your your other your final. The beer diluted. Okay, yeah. so, so the middle, on my the left mi- is the, the water. Middle, the yeah, middle the, one should be the water. Yes, down that's one. right. Yeah. Okay. Wait. The middle one. Well, I think yours is messed up. You you mixed them up, Nicole. You moved the one that was on the left to the right. So that should be your water diluted. <laughs> so yeah, your 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 one on the left is your diluted, and then your middle one is. Yeah. Well, I had them in a row because I didn't have move, room. This is the first one you poured. Okay. okay. Yeah. Then that one goes so, over here. So get rid of that one. It goes over there. And the then... the fuller one is the not diluted one. This is the water diluted. One. Yes. There so you which, go. is this the second one? So that's what, the one in that your. That came out of the big bottle, right? Yes. Okay. Is the water diluted one supposed to be second? It's yes. Yeah. Pretty obvious. Except for you did that thing where you put yeah. the ball under the cup and you shuffle the cups real quick. And <laughs> right. like, <"Where> yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. If a cat can do it, I'm shifty. Yes. So the water oh. diluted one I'm tasting is right. already a better beer. I yes. love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's still a little sweet in 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 my opinion. Um, but I don't feel like the you know the hops disappeared. I don't no. feel like a, a whole bunch of the other uh, yeah, the, components vanished because you diluted it. It's okay. I like it better. That's for sure. I get then the roast showed up too. The roast the roast showed up. It's, okay, it's almost like a big ass Schwartz beer now. Yeah, yeah you get like oh, a, I could see that. Yeah, I don't know something yeah. about sometimes when a beer is just too intense, you can't really taste each component. And on the, in this beer. Because of the dilution, I feel like I can taste the full spectrum of, of flavors that are present. Yeah. I can mm-hmm. identify yeah. each one individually. There's something really beautiful about that. Maybe other people don't like that. Maybe they just want to be bludgeoned with the with flavor and not really yeah. know and just drown in the swamp of flavor. But I like... Each piece. 
to be able to taste each piece and and you know when it comes easily in a beer like this one it's 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 nice it's relaxing in a way yeah to, it just to, i think it just made it instantly very drinkable yeah you can no it just it just goes down too smooth and too easy and you said this was adding about 15 percent oh, water. water that's a lot it seems like uh, it, it was it was in two and a half gallon keg it was maybe a liter and this uh, got you down to what 10 uh 1021 okay. and what is that how does that affect the alcohol content uh, I didn't bother punching the numbers in, so it doesn't show but it, up it on was, the delivery. Oh, so that's a good question it because you're dropping before, your – Is that – 85% was, is whatever – Well, right, but what was the alcohol content oh, of the 23 beer, I 8. guess? 8.8. You know? 8. Okay, so then you could just do some math and figure it out. Well, I, could, it. I could plug it back into to Beersmith and figure that out. So Beersmith will tell you that that statistic? Uh, not in the dilution factor here. But it, it, it would if uh, it had that on it. Uh, on the dilution tool, and I haven't played with it enough to pass that. Okay. It, it lowers it to about seven and a half. Yeah, it's still a big beer. Okay, yeah, not small for sure. Because that's a good point. Because normally, when you drop the gravity, the alcohol would go up. Right, but when you add water, you're dropping the you're gravity, dropping, and the alcohol is right. going yeah, down. Just as like well. that bitterness and the yeah. malt character is going Everything. down. Everything. So is the alcohol. Okay. Yeah. So I like it, Doc. I, I still don't love it. I but I think it's a much better beer than the first one. I think, in my humble opinion, the regular dilution factor by adding some water was a pretty good option here. Yeah, um, because I, it made it a better beer. And so you, you just well boiled worked. you just boiled the water and then let it cool. Yeah, and added it in. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Your second option, which you also did, was to brew an entire other beer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, how do you approach this? Um, I look at the beer, what it has, the first beer, and what it has. In it, uh, component-wise, as far as taste and what it's lacking, what it has too much of, and I try to make an anti-beer. Now, do you do that by tasting the diluted one, tasting the watery one, and go, all right, uh, I want this gravity, but this is what it's lacking? Or do you do it by tasting the first the one? The first one. Okay. All right. Because I may, I may only do one of these two things. Because yeah. if yeah. I'm doing a rescue beer, it's sometimes there's more than just one thing wrong with it, and dilution's not going to fix it. Okay. So I may brew something that's a lot more hoppy, but a lot drier, because something's the other way. Okay. And just to try to counteract all those things. And then I start blending at this point, because this one I'm blending for gravity. Sometimes I'm blending for flavor. So I don't know where I'm going to end up, uh, how much I'm going to use the anti-beer to dilute the, the first one. Yeah. I do a lot of experimenting. I like the okay. anti beer. It's like a superhero. Yes, it is. Uh, it swoops, so w- swoops in and. So what did you brew? Uh, basically, I brewed another. I didn't want to dilute the Baltic Porter, so I brewed another Baltic Porter. Oh, but I I used I wanted I just was tired of doing everything and it's way past Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I brewed a pretty fast extract beer with grains. Okay, but being as nerdy as I am, I wanted to try to get the extract. More fermentable, so I put uh, some grains in with it. Uh, got it up to about one fifty. Put more beano in it. Beano, and I let that sit in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I let, so I let that sit. That was sitting in the mash tun actually, and let it sit at one fifty. I put some, and then in the boil kettle, I put uh, water, some extract, and the hops. 
and boiled those for a good 45 minutes. And so Bino can handle 150 degrees uh, of yeah. denature? Yeah. Okay. Before it denatures. I kept it in the, in the 140 to 150 range. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> then, yeah. then, then I put it over. Then I, I pumped it over uh, to uh, the boil kettle boils for about 15 minutes just because they'd boil it already. So <laughs> right. okay. I just needed to do that. Uh, cooled it down, and I pitched it pretty much right on top of the conical that I just pulled all of the other first one out of. So do you use Vino in all of your beers? No. <laughs> No, not at all. This is a secret to winning an NHC medal. Every but he year. does do. He, Bino. He, I'm not afraid it, of it. Maybe, yeah, it, maybe it's worth trying at club uh, night. If everybody put Bino in their beers, see what happens. It would be less farty. It'd be more yeah. Yeah. If everybody just put Bino in their mouth, Bino may not be the answer to winning a, a medal at NHC, but it may be the answer to NHC. To a right. yes, <laughs> exactly. To club a, night for sure. No, you could smell it bad. You just can't hear it. You just have like a big can. Candy bowl uh, at your booth, big candy bowl of beano. Just you can reach in and grab a few. Now, so you, you you brewed this beer and you say you just dumped it on top of, uh, and I roused it again. But cookies. did you dump the entire amount on top? In other words, did you program into Beersmith? I have to brew no. this much beer and then I should dump all of it into the fermenter. No, no, you didn't no, do that. No, okay. no, I drained the fermenter into kegs. And those went into cold crush. And left the yeast. And, and I left the yeast in there. I said, okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't blend it in the fermenter. Now no. I understand. Okay, so you didn't dump it on top of the existing beer. Yeah. You dumped it on top of the yeast slurry. Yes. From the okay. first beer. Okay, I'm sorry. Got and it. then I roused it again. And uh, it didn't oxygenate it at this point. I yeah. just used CO2 and the, and the cane and got it mixed up. And Good, because Beardy oh. and I would not recommend. Well, uh, on the second beer, you didn't give it any oxygen? Um, no, I couldn't. Just because it's, I, I mean, no, why not? I, no, I did. I done you that. Right. I, I was thinking the other that, that, with the other one. Good. No, I'm no, glad I you did. read our book and yes. added yes. oxygen at the beginning. Page no, three. Oh, right, no, yes. I did. I did it there because it had been boiling. Yes, I did. Right. Yeah. All right. So this one, you. All right. So your theory. This there, is a regular new fermentation. Got, this is a new beer. It's a regular fermentation. It's just like pitches. So no, I did on this one. Okay. Yes. So many things I had done with this beer. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it gets yeah. kind of confusing. That's no, all right. This one I did because basically I was just took one beer out, dumped another one on top of the yeast cake, stirred it up, and I did oxygenate that one. And it was another 20 gallons of beer? Yeah. It was? Ish, yeah. <laughs> okay. He only brewed five batches last year. <laughs> right. yeah. 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 So, all right. So this one for, So what's the OG of, of this beer? That was about a ten fifty eight beer. Okay, uh, but I had kept the the IBUs up too. All right, going around around the thirty ish okay. range. And what did you get it to finish out to? That one finished not as dry as I wanted to. I wanted I wanted it really low, and it, it, it about ten fourteen. Okay, like what that. temperature did you ferment? The uh, it was a lager temperature, same stuff. Yeah, this was a little more. This is about a. 52, probably. Okay. Still in the low range. Okay. Uh, what did you want it at? 10, 10, 10, 12? Yeah, I wanted it low, like 10, 10, 10, 12, so I could use less of it to get the OG down. Okay. And it ended up being 10, 14 or 10, 15, and it's just, I knew I had to use more of it. Okay. Is there a reason you didn't, say, uh, add some dextrose instead of ec- malt extract to your starter to kind of get that low gravity? I, I, I wanted to try to keep the Baltic Porter character to it. Mm. So I wasn't diluting as much. And, we, and you know, using 
you know, dextrose in it, I would have got the alcohol up there, and it would have been. I it must have just brew a low gravity beer. It's still going to finish out low. I just mm-hmm. have more alcohol that way, so I just oh, okay. didn't want to do that. Uh, and and it was an experiment again. So sure. I'm just trying all. I might sure. as well. Yeah. What the hell? Definitely. And so this was just more of an experiment of trying to see what's going to happen, what's going to work. Okay. So now I'm tasting this beer, which the, the you, third one you've also brought us. Yeah. Now this is the one that you diluted yeah. with the the second beer. Right. And this one's about a thirty percent dilution. Got it. So okay. About, I used the the brew, the brew tools again, and. Worked out the numbers and I got is about a thirty percent. Okay. To uh, get to the gravity that I wanted, and this gravity I think was a ten twenty or ten twenty one ten twenty one for that one. Got it. So I'm loving this experiment because the the three beers you, you know you can just you can tell they're all uh, brothers and sisters they they mm-hmm. have the same flavor profile. Um, the water diluted one. Has it, it's a little more subtle to me. It's a little more. All of, in fact, Nicole was kind of saying I can pick out now the different mm-hmm. flavors. There's a lot of different subtleties. The one that you diluted with beer is a little richer, a little more yeah. in your still way better than beer number one. Um, much more of an in-your-face kind of a, a flavor profile, where uh, less subtleties, more of a, a big Baltic I yeah. think character to it, uh, which I like, but I. I also really kind of like the subtleties of the water diluted. Yeah, one. I do too. That's what uh, I like. It's softer, uh, and you know, you think they're all related. And that last one, I did treat like a redheaded stepchild. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, Scott. Nothing. <laughs> what do you think about Shut the uh, the other one, Nicole? With the, now that the one that's diluted with beer, and and anybody, uh, uh, what you guys think? I'm glad they're warmer now, too, because yeah. usually when they come yeah. out of my refrigerator, they're really cold, and you don't get all the cool flavors out sure. of them. Sure, yeah. So the, all the harsh fermentation characters that are in the first one were really kind of successfully you know, made much milder in the, in the beer-blended version. Mm-hmm. Um, so you still get that little bit of um, uh, ethylacetate, but it's not like in-your-face solvent. It's kind of a background note that kind of plays into this overall flavor of the beer like offering this like very faint hint of like a fruity character okay uh, yeah that kind of like you would get in a nice chocolate like it has you know a little hint of a fruity character that kind of makes the chocolatey flavor seem more chocolatey okay uh so it, it's a kind of nice background yeah. uh contrasting note instead of being this like prominent intense like your fermentation's fucked up bro kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind of aroma it's just it's just part of the beer and this is actually a beautiful beer this is like you know, this is a, like a forty-point beer in, the, in the, this blended version versus that original one, which is, you know, yeah. probably the biggest hot mess I've ever tasted from Doc. <laughs> from Doc, right? That's yeah. why I didn't. I, yeah, that's why it almost didn't make it out of the out of the brew house. Yeah, but it's really interesting to me the the water diluted and the beer diluted one. How similar they are with that that background flavor, that same kind of sweetness, a little bit of the fruity sweetness that you're mentioning. I'm just I'm really surprised that one at thirty percent beer and one at fifteen percent water is still so similar. Well, the, the gravities are almost the same, and they're almost the same. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but the, uh, to me, side by side, they're totally different. Yeah, beers. me yeah. too. To me, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get a lot less perceived sweetness out of the water diluted. To me, one. Yeah, there's a huge mouthfeel difference. Yeah. Okay, that's the big, the huge yeah. difference. Yeah, um, I think the beer diluted one is a lot more successful at tasting like the original ten, uh, 1023 beer. Um, but kind of like Nicole says, and I think 
Justin said also that the the water diluted beer is more interesting to me and mm-hmm. I, and more drinkable to me. Um, so I'd prefer that one. Yeah. But if your goal is I like this beer, but I need to get it drier, um, then dilute with another beer might be a, a better approach than just water. Sure. I, I just it's. Or do there, there's, there's such different right. beers. I couldn't yeah. – the, the original one, it's a nice beer. I just couldn't drink a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I got a lot of it. And the, the diluted one with water, I just think it tastes like a Schwartz beer on steroids. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's a lot drier. Uh, the roastiness just pops out of it. It's a nice beer. And then you get to the other one, and, and it brings back all the – the chewiness, the mouthfeel that, that uh, the original one had, yeah, but it's not Which, as cloyingly sweet. Something else that's really interesting to me about this is that both the water diluted and the beer diluted have this like prominent malt flavor that I think is what you intended and what mm-hmm. you wanted out of the first one. And you can really see like a brewer like Doc who's really mastered the basics of fermentation. When something goes slightly awry, like... He's managed to fix it, and both of these fixed, in quote air quotes, beers <laughs> have a quality that's shared of this uh, kind of like rich uh, graham crackery, like chocolate graham cracker kind of malt yeah. flavor. And you can see, like, this is what the brewer was intending. This is the design of the beer. And in beer number one, it just got a little off kilter, and other flavors are distracting. But he got it on course on both of the beers, or both of the rescue beers. Both of them are pretty different, but they both have that flavor. And you can see, like, that was the design. That was a recipe that he was going for, was to get that sure. chocolate graham cracker flavor. Yeah. And that's cool. It's a talented, uh, talented brewer. And, and really knowing what you're going for. And I didn't throw away any beer. You didn't yeah. throw away any beer. <laughs> so wow. the point is, you actually ended up with a, more beer at the end <laughs> yeah. than yeah. what you intended. The takeaway from that isn't you need to be a great brewer like Doc and brew all the time until you get to that point. The point is you need to know what, what you want your beer to taste like. And yeah. that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. If you don't know what your finished beer, what you want it to taste like, what you're going for, what that specific flavor you want is, yeah. you're not going to know if your beer is off or not. And you're not going to know how to fix it. Right. You have to have a clear idea like, I want my beer to taste like this. This is something I've had before. How can I get there? And chase that. Brew the same beer 80 times until you get there, and that's how you become a better brewer. Can't wait till I feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> until I know what I want. To <laughs> Another 10 years, and you'll be a tenth of the way there. Yeah. And just as a, a related note here, and, and some of you are going to – this is obvious to some of you. Uh, Doc and I did this same experiment very easily with the water dilution, Doc brought in a bottle of just the beer that didn't finish out and, and poured me a, a same glass that we're, that we're using here in the studio. And then we took a bottle of water and we added water to it ourselves to get the <laughs> – so you can experiment it, by the way, before you go through the whole process just by adding a little water. Now, of course, the water wasn't carbonated. Yeah, it wasn't carbonated. It flattened the beer a little bit. But what Nicole's talking about, knowing what we, we hoped the beer would taste like – we did the same thing by just adding a little water to the beer that we had already brewed and tasting it in a glass. It, 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 it was uh, like a wine that opened up, or yeah, you know, it just it was. It worked really well. It was a nice way to, to just yeah. check it out. Um, of course, now tasting the other two finished products was even better. But um, but Nicole has a big point of you know when I finish the beer out and that's when I get disappointed is when it doesn't come out what I was shooting for. Yeah, and it's it's just not. Bad, it, but it's just not. My numbers were there. This everything was on, but it just it's no. I wanted more 
roastiness. I want more this in it, and that's when I. Hmm, what am I going to do? Brew another beer. Brew, yeah, it's it's. I love it. Yeah. Well, and it helps you pick which method that you would choose, whether you wanted to add water or brew another beer and dilute it. Because if your goal is to have a really nice, dry, kind of more crisp, slightly roasty beer, you would add water. Or if you wanted, if mouthfeel was more right. important to you and you wanted a big, thick, chewy beer, then you'd want to do add, add the beer to it. Yeah. And so that's, like, to Nicole's point, and you have to know what you want. Then that determines which method you would use. So this basically diluted them down, which is what I was going to do, to the same OG. Yeah. And two totally different things come out of it. It makes me wonder if that Star Sand beer I brewed a long time ago (laughs) would actually have been okay. You still have some in the cellar? It just makes me wonder if I I threw it away too soon. You know, I could have tested it again. It's food great. (laughs) Yeah. It's very sanitary beer. (laughs) Well, Doc, thank you for screwing up a beer finally, sure, no and then uh, going through the process of teaching us how to do something with it. I, uh, what a great segment! I really enjoyed it, and I think that people learned a little something out of it. So, as long uh, as you learned something, I think I did. <laughs> he, he won't apply he it to anything. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, uh, yeah, Mike from Society, the, the poor bastard, is brewing with me on this Quaff Brewing Network collaboration. Right. I don't poor know what decision. he's thinking, but uh, Mike, listen to this program as well as some of the others, and realize what you're getting yourself into. He's going to do a really um, good job of milling your malt, though. Well, he wrote wrote our recipe. You guys want to hear our recipe? Sure. No. I'll do that before the break here. I mean, yes, and. So so Mike and I decided to do a Nutter's Brown Ale. Nutter's Nut Brown. That's disgusting. Ale. So we're doing Nutter's Nut Brown. Are you going to wear Nutter's while you're brewing it on Saturday? I think so, When you turn around. It it could be a little salty. Now, um... Turtles, turtles, nutters. Mike <laughs> wrote the recipe, and then he ran the recipe by the uh, a brewer, Travis, at Society, too. Uh, Travis' response apparently was, let's see, I ran it by Travis. He said, that should be sufficiently brown, and then walked away. <laughs> so that was our input. That's, our right. input. that's a lot for me. Okay. Yeah, right? I that's fear for you. Did you know Travis? That's You're right on. It, to me, that's, that's, a that's a seal of approval from Travis. Like a from paragraphs. a cop? Yeah, fuck yeah. Did you use crystal malt? Because Travis is against using crystal malt. All right, well, here's what we got. Um, oh, yeah, we did. Shit. Uh, all right. That's no. why you got the crit answer. Right, and, yeah. and, and Tasty, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I would like you to pay attention because I'm very oh, interested like in, in your input here. Uh, we're doing a Nutter's Brown. Uh, nine pounds of two-row, uh, one pound of crystal 60, half a pound of crystal 20. How big is the batch? I'm sorry. Um, we're going to be doing uh, 10 gallons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, our, well, just read percentage wise. Yeah. yeah, that's better. He gave me pounds. Okay, <gasps> then just read pounds. Um, These pounds. Half pound of what? C twenty. Uh, half half pound, pound C twenty. Uh, uh, well, one pound of C sixty. Half yeah. a pound of C twenty. Uh, half a pound of carapils. Uh, half a pound of flaked oats. I'm with that. A third a pound of chocolate. An eighth of a pound of black patent. Wow. What's the starting That'll gravity? Sufficiently brown. That's our, our malt bill. That is sufficiently brown. And, 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 uh, okay. He didn't give me any of those numbers yet. He was just throwing the recipe at me like, hey, what do you think? We haven't finalized it. it I'm just, so I'm doing it with you guys. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, So is this American or English? <laughs> yeah. It's what's a Nutter's what Brown. What's the, hop, what's the hop profile? Let me yeah, get there. What's uh, all right. Uh, so now we're going to do a half ounce of EKG. Uh, mostly EKG is what we're doing here. At 60, uh, an ounce at 30, 
Announced a Willamette at five. I'm a fan of Willamette. I really like that, huh? And then uh, one and a quarter ounce uh, EK, back to EKG at uh, Flame Out. Mm. Uh, he's got, got us. There. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit, isn't it? Yeah. 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 He's got us mashing at 154 degrees. Okay. And um, we're going to use uh, good old Cal Ale, I think. Can't go wrong with some Cal Ale. And, so he's uh, not going to do the English was, yeast. Huh? You know, no. That should be good. What, what you know? Which I'm a fan of. I don't want to use English yeast either. How much was the, how many ounces on the bittering edition? Then half or something. Half. Oh, okay. It sounds like it's going to be a kind of low gravity beer, only being 13, 14 pounds for a 10 gallon bag. Yeah, but it's going to finish high at 154 and... Yeah, got a lot of Sounds crystal. Nice. In it. Got a lot of crystal. It. Yeah, does it? Or are you being yeah. sarcastic? Hopefully, you won't fuck it up too much, Justin. <laughs> right? Does it sound nice before I fuck it up? Right. Well, if it, it, if it tastes okay, good. Wait, so if Mike came up with shitty, the recipe. They're just gonna believe it on you anyway. Oh, that's yeah. fine. What the hell? Yeah, there's okay. like a there's a, la- a severe lack of brown ales in the Bay Area. You know? I agree. There's yeah. you go other places. You like you go to Colorado. You get that like bull and bush brown. Like that's that's some good stuff. We don't have anything like that out here. Like the closest to get is Evil Twin. You know. Also, a severe lack of nutter. In the Bay Area. I agree with all don't. of these statements. We yeah. lack nutters. Yeah. Because what I th- we didn't talk much about it. Uh, Mike and I, we we think together on a different level. You know, we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't even have to talk. You just no, look at you just, I, you just, I, you just I put said, your fingers up to each other's lips and go shh. shh. <laughs> just, just stay right there. Uh, I said nutters brown ale. He said yes and sent me a recipe. And I think he knew that I don't want to like. I want sort of a hybrid between an English brown and a Janet's brown, right? I don't want an overly hoppy brown ale, nor do I want it too mild like an English brown ale. I want something like right in the middle. No, not at all. (laughs) Shit, I love JBA. But for my beer, I wanted it right down the, you know, something like that. And I think Mike... Right down the where? He took it. Right down the middle of the nuts. He knew. Right Right down the nuts. (laughs) He wants his nuts totally I satisfying. Know, why is he yeah, using this black patent? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, the black patent's the only thing that kind of threw me off, but yeah. it's only just a little bit. Okay. Maybe crank it down a little more. I thought maybe we would just sprinkle the black patent on the top. Maybe just, just when we sparge. It in the air yeah. Before well, you start. <laughs> then it'll be sufficiently brown it and not be, uh, black patented. Enough color, but you know, a, a malted. Uh, I would like to use if I was uh, making this beer would be a brown malt. Yeah. Brown malt. Like just take, plain whole brown take a, malt. No, it's, it's a base malt. It's called okay. it's a base malt. But take a pound out yeah. of the base. Yeah. Like the knife. Instead of nine, make it eight. You get a lot of eight pounds of two row and then brown one malt. a brown malt. Yeah. And that's just, that's a regular sort of a. Yeah. yeah. Well, a they new used to use it in brown old, porters. It's like a new old malt. Right. Yeah. Oh. It's, yeah it's a new old malt. They used to, <laughs> mostly in brown porters, they use a good amount. Of then I get rid of the that. black patent. It's very flavorful, though. Yeah. So be you, gotta, you gotta be careful with it. And, you know, I'm gonna like, make a note. He's gonna have a lot of flavors and, and, in and, there. I mean, and Evil very, Twin, like we very, use very roast barley old. and uh, dehusk carafa. What about instead of the crystal? Could you use brown instead of the crystal? Mm, no. no. It's not a crystal Because you're not gonna get the sweetness. You're yeah. not gonna get that caramel... So right. you guys like the two different types of crystal and the amount that we're using. It's more like a slightly Who more said, roasty. I didn't even mention anything about that. I probably used. Oh yeah, there's a. Uh, yeah, I know. How would you describe well, brown malt? So it's little like, of it that I don't think it'll matter. You're fine. Maybe I mean it's a pound of, of sixty and a half a pound. That's of what I'm talking about. It's so, so little what, of it in there percentage wise. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to make a big difference. To okay. me, brown malt is like a really dark brown bread crust. Like yeah. just the out outer part of the crust when it's a very dark. I like but that. It's still, I mean, oh, it's you still mean a base the, malt. the stuff you scrape off? I'm just saying the flavor. Right, the stuff you scrape off—that's brown malt. Oh, I don't yeah. scrape flavor it off. I eat it. But of it, so I would like you it. describe it as like a deeper marisotter, like marisotter, like 
more roasted. I mean, because you can still, I mean, it still has provides yeah. a lot of fermentables. It's not like crystal malt. Yeah, oh. it's got fermented. It's, it's a base malt. It's a base but malt, but it's not like sure. Munich malt. It's like it's, no, like, it's, English like, Munich. Munich. it's like the English version of Munich malt. It's like it doesn't have any of that peanut buttery stuff. Yeah, it's more like. So let me get this straight because I have to go get the ingredients, which is where I usually start screw things up. Uh, if I go to more beer, <laughs> they have it. Uh, I got this malt. It's Mike. just called brown malt. Brown malt. Yeah. Yep, they have it there. I saw oh, it. Well, that's uh, easy. Yesterday. But- I've used See, it. everybody always it. tells me that, and then I go there, and I go, do you have any brown malt? They go, it, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but do what I do. But, you look but I feel like you guys are fucking with me. Look on I the website. It, anybody else should be able to find it. Just look on the yes, website first. Right, yeah. yeah. You're making an IPA? You you, use some IPA malt. <laughs> IPA, guys, do you have any IPA malt? Never heard of it. Oh, you should totally do that. I dare you. I'm so dare you to do that. Uh, the, more beer would expect it. it of me. It's, I, I'd have to go to a new store to, to make it They're funny. Because more beer would be like, they, you know, they, they only have double IPA malt. Somebody else. In. Yeah. <laughs> so they'd say to me, like, do you want the younger malt? We have younger malt. You've got to wait in line for it, though. All right. Well, I've made a note to write back to Mike that maybe we would replace one pound of churro with a pound of brown malt. Yeah. And then are you saying that maybe that would uh, eliminate our black patent? Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't drop use the black, black patent, no. I don't want to tell him what to do. I'm a diplomat. I'm just going to suggest just blame it on that maybe patent seems like a little overkill for the rest yeah. of the recipe. Yeah. I think like, it'll overpower why, it. Why even use EKG if you're going to put black patent all in there? It's like, yeah, Justin, pull uh, it over. Pull your diplomat up. Make him think it was his idea. That's what you do. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. Well, he's probably listening, so it's not going to work. Oh yeah, Mike, this is your idea. Uh, yeah. So now you're, now you're I'm more of a hypnotist than a diplomat. <laughs> now you're, Mike, a real you're going to get rid of black yeah. patents. I, I don't want to get you nuts in a bind, but <laughs> can I make yeah. these suggestions? Yeah. He could use, was that a third? Was how, much, how much chocolate? A third of pound? Uh, chocolate, chocolate is a third, yeah. That's a lot, too. A third of a, uh, third of what? Well, no, a third of a pound. Nah, not for, a not third for of chocolate. a pound. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Chocolate's pretty forgiving. Half pound of chocolate. Or even some pale chocolate. of a third. Yeah, pale, pale chocolate might be nice. It's, it's fairly forgiving. It's not like you're putting it in well. uber roasty stuff. So, Doc, I'm probably going to have you help me put this into Beersmith because okay. uh, you need help putting things into Beersmith. <laughs> yeah, you're not really helping your, you know. I'm not looking to. I'm honest about like, it. Well, you know, I, okay, first, Beersmith is very simple to use. Now we can do it, and I, you know, your it sponsor, is. and uh, it's easy to use. And only Justin is really the only person because well, he never uses it because he never <laughs> actually. <laughs> no, you're 100 percent about all of this, Nicole. You, you could. It is easy to use. However. You need to dial your system into it, just like everything uh, else. Ah, yeah, that's true. So that, because like these guys are talking about, we could be dealing with percentages here rather than just pound and everything else. But because I haven't dialed my system into it, I screw it up every time. It's like the beauty yeah. and the difficulty of that, that software. Yes. If, my, if I were to just once and for all dial my system into Beersmith, then yes, anybody could throw me a recipe and, yeah. I, could, and I could punch in. That is the beauty of Beersmith. But I don't want to screw up poor Mike's recipe, Doc, is what I'm getting at. So maybe uh, you can help me. we already did. <laughs> maybe you can help me look at my, uh, my beautiful More Beer 1550. Uh, I already do have a profile for it in here. Okay. We can just take a look at it, maybe make a tweak or two, put this recipe in, because i got to go buy all these ingredients this week. Okay. A big yeah. question is, where you're gonna, are you going to mill it at more beer? Yeah. You're I always do the milling right in, there. Because more beer's mill, JP used my mill one time, and yeah. it messed with his numbers, because mine's set a bit tighter right. than more beer's. So just take that into account also. I you, will, except... In, I, in Beersmith. I'll ha- I I always use more beer. I am far too lazy to do my own milling elsewhere. 
Because it like requires That's like silly. A, I did a hand crank once. Uh, oh wow! It's the whole Whoa, I put a drill really? on it. I just hooked my uh, drill up and that was no good thing. either. Just at more beer, you, you gotta you gotta you know dump it, like, it all right into before. the hopper and you you flip a switch and you pull a lever and it's done. It's and brilliant. Right. And then it just oxidizes until you brew. <laughs> Nonsense! Yeah. It comes out. Nah. It's fine as long as you it's do right. it too, it's, don't you? Of course yeah. I do. Because yeah. you know you're lazy and then you're like oh I'm actually not going to brew today and then your milled grain sits there for like a week and a half okay that has happened before and then you're however like, did, turned out. did that's you write the book on oxygen Nicole I don't think so that's right, right. Yeah. and in fact I, while I will admit to that happening I am far more apt to throw it away and go buy new malt again I'm that guy that's smart yeah I'm just like well I screwed this up depends Take the on where you keep and, it yeah yeah you, you want to well the rats like to where I kept as it. soon as when you're mashing it as possible I, I do it pretty close but if you're if, kind of like well it's happening this weekend I can't back out of this one <laughs> alright I'm buying the shit on Wednesday and I'm brewing on Saturday you're fine thank you okay Justin's gonna be there. He's gonna have a pot with some like, you know. You know if you sorry. think you're gonna screw that up, just have one of them mill it for you. <laughs> Which I probably I've done that many. I'm times. not even gonna measure it out. Uh, I'm gonna call David Wonder at More Beer. I'm gonna send him this thing. I'm gonna be like, David, help a brother yes, out. Yes, why do when you can delegate? I know. <laughs> That's and, right. And That's my. And it'll get done three days. You see my T-shirt, Moskowitz? <laughs> why do when you can delegate? Uh, all right. Anyhow. All right. We're going to take a break. Doc, thank you for training us out to uh, uh, a few ways to fix a beer. When we come back, we're going to talk to Adam Mills. We're bringing back one of my favorite segments called Happy Hour, which is actually about brewers' screw-ups. Adam Mills from Crankers when we return. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened to theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. heard about White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. 
White Labs yeast, packaged using their flex cell process, ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, flex cell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the five star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800 782 7019. 800 782 7019 and get the five star treatment today. The Brewcasters are back. Thank you for sticking with us. Hey, don't forget to check out our wonderful sponsor, Beersmith, homebrewing software. You can go to Beersmith.com right now, and you can get your free 21-day trial of the brewing software. Uh, a lot of homebrewers use it. It's the best software out there. It's the most up-to-date and kept up-to-date. works on both PC and Mac. But as always, you don't have to take my word for it because you get a free 21-day trial. Just go over to Beersmith.com. You can click the big red button that says Download Beersmith for free. John, did you use Beersmith when you were a home brewer? No, I actually started using it when I opened the Pro Brewery to log all my recipes. Oh, yeah, but nice. I, I scale from my head now. Okay. It's a very robust uh, robust piece of software, so scaling uh, of any kind. You can do water treatment of any kind. I mean, you name it, it can do it, and probably a bunch of things that you can't name. So go check it out over at Beersmith.com. All right, so we're learning more about uh, Free Will uh, Brewing Company all the time, and... Uh, in our glass right now is a, a lambic of yours, right? Correct. Peach. Peach lambic. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to lie. I tried it at the break, and it's fucking fantastic. We only have this much. We only need a little bit. That's right. Yeah, there's no more. What, am I at a beer festival? <laughs> See, usually you can just yell at Scott about that, but now you're actually yelling at John, right. like, because yep. he hand-carried us this much. Yes. What the fuck, John? This is all you, you brought us? You flew out from Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, no, I know exactly who I'm yelling at <laughs> all the time. Right. Um... Uh, all right, this beer is wonderfully it's sour, fabulous, which is what I really like. I want it to make me pucker, and it's uh, not just uh, tart. Where you know some people go, "Oh, try this sour beer," and it's just tart with a little tang, maybe sour soup. This is that's sour. That's what yeah, I this those beers like. Well, this smells and tastes like a beer that had a great pellicle. Did it get the biggest? Sip? It does. Yeah, I take pictures of it pretty often mm-hmm. when I go to taste them. Yeah, yeah. really Barney. Like nice. Wow. You ever break it? The pellicle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it reforms. Yeah. How long? Chris uh, it depends. It, it could be anywhere from a couple weeks to like six months. So you don't worry about breaking it at all? I know that's no. a thing for a lot of people. No, not at all. This yeah. culture, you can beat the crap out of it. It was originally actually a homebrewer strain or a homebrewer's culture oh, seven or eight years ago now. And it had, at that time, it was the four primary Brett strains that were available. And that's what it started as. And he used it and kept using it and used it in New Oak. And made a really lovely blonde uh, sour beer. Okay. And then uh, at some point it had picked up Pediococcus and Lactobacillus. And then it made its way to a, a, another pro brewery that actually didn't get it to work. Mm. And at the time I was looking for something to play with and asked this, this gentleman who was running the, the brewery at the time. I was like, hey, you got anything I play with? And he gave me this culture and didn't tell me he didn't get it to work. But uh, I just winged it and got a, a batch going, and it, it liked what I was doing. Okay. And we, we've really kept running with it, and it has become our house culture for uh, a large portion of our beers because right now we do mostly the Lambic style. Okay. But it's not a true Lambic because it is not used with spontaneous fermentation. I see. Which we are going to be pulling the Lambic name from the back of the, the name of the beer at some point soon. You will? Mm-hmm. Well, how are you going to substitute? How are you going to describe it? As, uh, I just call it a peach American sour. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I have, I have too much respect for the people I met in Belgium well, that I think it's time I, I to, get the gist of that, yeah. to back away. I mean, I've, met, I've met John and Armand. <laughs> yeah. Frank. They, make so. a, they make a very polite yet strong case. Uh, and I don't mean that they're, they're, that they're really trying to say, hey, don't do this. They actually make a legitimate case for mm-hmm. others not calling their beers Lambic, right? Yep, I correct. imagine that was your experience. They weren't saying you have to stop. I, I didn't know until I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they make a pretty strong case. That's mm-hmm. it's a, this style by definition. Correct. So it is regional. So we're going to do like Lambic inspired ales in the bottom part of the nice. bottle, and we'll just pull Lambic it. style. Yeah. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter because it matters what's in the bottle, not the name of the beer or the label or anything. That's else. right. And it's certainly you know as a fan of Lambic and sour beer, it doesn't matter to me either. I just want to know if you tell me that that's what it's inspired. Inspired by or, or lambic like, then I I know what you're going for, and that's all I you need. You know what you're know. pretty much going to get. Yeah, that's what I need to know. The, well, this strain is great. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just this strain through primary? Like you just pitch this Brett blend with lacto and PDO? Yep. It, we just move it around. We don't feed it. We don't give it nutrients. We don't give it air other than the ingress through Ooh. the tanks. That's so good. And uh, we just move it around, and it likes our basement. Yeah? A lot. Nice. Is, it, uh, is this beer blended? Uh, we always blend them. Yeah, we have multiple okay. tanks, and we always taste things. We're starting to learn that we need to start mapping the basement. Once we get into a permanent layout, yep. we're going to map both elevation of the barrels and tanks, and positioning in the brewery is going to change. <laughs> you but it, varietals in there. Oh yeah, it's going to. It's you get certain tanks will get different flavor profiles versus the tank under it, or even okay. one that's ten feet away. I mean, it's it's crazy. What? Now, are you talking about the vessel? The, the, the vessel itself yeah. will we'll give you know more inherent notes of certain flavors from the same culture, even and, with the same beer in it. And that will continue to repeat as you put different beer in it, is what you're Theoretically. saying. Theoretically. Okay, but yeah. Sour beer it can is, change, is, of course. is, you know, 
It does you, its own you, thing. You keep track. You can you can see if it does change. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we're not going to really invest a lot of time until we get a permanent layout down there because right now we're still doing all of our production in the same facility. Yeah. Once okay. we get the clean beer out of there and we become more stable in temperature and climate and activity down there, then we can really start to hone in where things go and everything will stay the same. Okay. Ish. Are Are you doing primary in a like full batch? Fer- size fermenter, or yes. are you doing it in the barrels? Uh, we're doing oak. both. We use both, both oak, and we also use 10-barrel IBC tanks, uh, cidery totes. They work really, really well. They have very similar oxygen ingress as a barrel. Okay. So they work awesome. Plus, you can see the fruit in them, mm-hmm. Sure. which I do like. Is it a puree? No, we get fresh fruit, or we get a IQF fruit from a, a supplier that gets all their fruit sourced from within a 200-mile radius. Nice. I don't get a lot of peach character in this beer. Are you happy with the peach level? Uh, I'm never happy. I would always want a little more. (laughs) It's on the nose. It's it's very peachy, but yeah, not as much in the flavor. It's a a light, like a slightly underripe peach blended with the the lambic type culture is what I really like about it. I mean, I I always want more, and we're going to start doing double fruit for a different beer. Mm. I get the peach tannins, which are nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it were less sour, it would be plenty peachy. It's just that it's competing a a little bit. I, I or think. is it competing? Well, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> thanks, John. <laughs> yeah. Get that laugh track ready. Now, first of all, if you put a pitcher of this beer in front of me, I would drink every drop of it. I would not share uh, it. Uh, either. How could you it's, drink a pitcher of it? It's wonderful. I would just... <laughs> yes. What are you, JP now, Beardy? <laughs> hey, well, You're I thought that's what we were doing now. <laughs> well, uh, well, but second I of all, am. You are. Oh, you, all right. Uh, you mentioned temperature in, in the basement because you're still brewing there. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem where, where this beer is aging? Uh, well, it's more it's more like I can't map where the locations are because right now we're brewing a lot. Of, there's a lot of activity down there. There's a lot more heat. Once we get out of there and do most of our primary fermentation, or excuse me, our primary clean beer brewing upstairs, yeah. downstairs will become a little cooler. Okay, sure. So I Which you'd prefer. Learn. Well, I prefer that for aging. Yeah. Uh, for the primer, I definitely want to make sure I get it, keep the temperature up so we're going to have one room that's got some more heat in it, and then the other the other side of the basement is going to remain in the 50s and lower 60s all okay. year round. And what would the fermentation temperature ideally it be? It gets up under the 70s and 80s. And that's where you'd like it? Did, yeah, did you, at yeah. least get through the primary, and then once it's done and I can put it wherever I want, I can just leave it there. Yeah, okay. Until so, it's mature, and then I can put the fruit in there and wait some more. And how old is the oldest beer blended into this one? Uh, that one's probably a little over two years. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. As we increase production, we can start setting stuff down and hiding it and keeping it out of my reach so I don't touch it and don't mess with it and don't <laughs> use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that way at the end of two years, there's more of it left yes, to sell. Yes, yes. So uh, Scott brought up the pellicle, and you mentioned you don't, you don't mind breaking it on, on this one. Do you have any advice for us homebrewers or, or pro-brewers about keeping sour beer stable and, and not getting oxidized and, and things that might go wrong while it's sitting for two years? Glass, um, ventilating silicone bungs. They're awesome. Okay. So you don't have to worry about filling the airlock. Oh, I see. Okay. Fill it to the top. That's just that simple bung that it's a one-way valve, It's like a little flap, yeah. Yeah, a little flappy flapper. Yeah. Silicone chumpies. Instead of the air, because the airlocks go dry all the time. You always forget to fill airlocks. Okay. That's the way it is. All right. That's a good tip. (laughs) Yep. Uh, and that's that's your only tip. That's your pretty much. That's I mean, your key to great stuff. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong. Just, yeah. Different cultures are going to respond differently. Some of them are going to like more air versus other ones. You're 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 not going to want a lot of air. It really okay. depends on what you have, and you have to learn that about your culture. Yeah. And you said this culture goes likes into pretty much. Oh, it does. So yeah. that's even easier yep. for you, really. It likes a lot of air. It likes a lot of oxygen ingress. Hmm. Uh, it goes into almost every sour beer you make. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so all the all the lambic base, and we have another one okay. that's not out yet that we use. And also the the blood and guts, which is still in the cooler. That's a dark beer. But we have um, tons of other oak vessels with um, 
uh, straight uh, sack fermentation, and then we pushed it onto like Lambicus or or Brux or the Trois strain, okay, things like that. And we're still maturing those to see where they go. Got it. Do you want to do the uh, Lambic next, or the uh, or the Creek rather, or the the White? Uh, the Creek would be good because you can really see how the two beers really differ using the same base beer. Did you, I'm sorry if you already answered this, but does the fruit go right into primary with this, or do you no. add it later? We add it later once the culture is done doing almost anything. The pellicle is formed, okay, and it's reached a mature point where the, the PDO has really dropped off a bit, and then we'll plop the fruit back in there again. Got it. And then it'll re-ferment on that for an undetermined amount of time. Do they go kind of crazy then? Is that when you see the foam going out of it? No. Yeah, this this thing is a slow culture no matter what. I mean, it's still done uh, and ready for stability in about six months, but it never gets like a croissant. Per se. Oh, okay. It's, it must be fun to taste it over the different periods, to taste it at six months, to taste it at a year, yep. and just... The flavors are really interesting, and we, we're, we're definitely not shy about the, the flavors we get. I mean, we have some that say Chinese food on them. Oh, really? <laughs> you just write it right there. Uh-huh. So you, yep. okay. Well, you might as well be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anything you can think of, if that's what's coming to your head, just do it. <laughs> do, you, do you have a, a percentage or, or a guess of, of how many barrels you have to throw out in those batches? So far, we're at zero. Is that right? We had one that we tasted a few months ago that was definitely at the time seeming like it was gone the wrong way but we, it's it's up for being retasted at, at, at this point okay at that, at the, it wasn't too, it was too young to really make that determination just yet okay but some things are definitely weird during a certain point and you got to just be patient wait it out yeah if you have the space to devote to the sours just be patient now if you end up having to, you know one barrel it's say it's been the two years and you're going through you're ready to blend it and one just you know the, the beer in it doesn't taste right uh, will you throw away the whole barrel yeah I, you can't sour cultures will you know basically make their way into the wood permanently okay. yeah. Uh, yeah the breath strains will eat um, cellulose which is Pretty endearing, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not nasty. They just go for everything. Yeah. You could drop your shoes in there. It wouldn't really matter. <laughs> I'd like to see that experiment. Yeah, that doesn't taste good, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> no, I, I want to taste it. I just want to see what the shoes look like afterward. How much oh. do they really eat? Uh, okay, so you will. You just throw away the whole yeah, barrel. Yeah, the whole thing will yeah. go. The barrel, we'll, we'll, we'll make furniture out of it or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. firewood. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. At its service point. is up. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> what are you guys using for a malt beer? Are you using some complex, like with some wheat and some... some there is agent? torrified wheat and Pilsner. That is it. That's a little it? Okay. bit of uh, rice hulls because there's a pretty high torrified wheat percentage. We kept it really simple. I tried to imagine what a modern traditional recipe would look like instead of using all that raw stuff and the turbid mash. I mean, I, at one point I had to do turbid, and I stopped doing that. It didn't really change anything in, in, in my my protocols. Okay. So. so you went and brewed with, with some Belgian brewers, right? I brewed with Hoft and Dormal, yep. Okay. And so tell us a little bit about that, because I know you're doing a fundraiser. That's Friday. the brewery who – they had a fire. They did on January 5th, I believe, was the, was the day. Oh, I heard we, about this. We were not even sure if we were going to be able to brew there, but they oh. were persistent, and we, we, we actually did. We were the first actual brew wow. since the fire, so there were some glitches with the electrical and the boiler, and it was fun. kind of shows their dedication. Yeah. They, st- they wanted to make that happen. Great, wonderful people, wonderful family. I mean, I wish they were closer. Yeah. I get to see Jeff again and his girlfriend at least uh, at the end of the month. But uh, the family, the father, Andre, and the brother, Dries, they're great people. What caused the fire? Do you know? Uh, it was, I think, a backed-up chimney. They had a f- uh, um, like a furnace going to, to keep the, the main portion of the barn going, and uh, it it was clogged or it wasn't clean properly. Uh, Something happened. Yeah. And it was a basically a chimney fire and being a really old barn, it just went. Did, so did they lose the whole brewery? They, they lost everything but the actual brewery end, which was all, very lucky. So the, the brewing system was still intact. Okay. The boiler was out back in a shed. 
um, and the fermenters, but the, the cooling tanks for water and glycol were lost. Well, the glycol themselves were not lost, but the water was lost. Uh, those tanks were lost. The glycol chiller was lost. The bio was lost. The inline pasteurizer was lost. All their stores were lost. All their wow. specialty grains were lost, which is really... That's a lot of money. And Especially since they grow all their stuff on site. Okay. They send all their malt up to Dingaman's, gets malted, and gets sent back down. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. That's irreplaceable, then. Yeah, so they have to grow it again. Yeah, so. really? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. We don't have to buy it again. We have to grow it again. <laughs> you can't yep. order more. Wow. Yeah, like, wow. Uh, yeah, they grow It's a true farmhouse brewery. It's pretty wow. cool. So... Uh, let our listeners know about the fundraiser then, because there's a way we can help, right? Yeah, there is a GoFundMe site. Um, just look, just if you want to just Google um, Hof 10 Dormile Fire, it's like the third hit. Okay. And you can actually contribute directly there. We're actually doing the fundraiser also at our place on Friday. Uh, we're donating uh, m- pretty much almost all of our, our proceeds for the evening. We have uh, food being donated. Uh, we have uh, beer I'm humping back from here. I'm going to raffle off Chinese auction and everything. That's going. We have an apparel guy. He's going to donate some of his proceeds as well. You're raffling off Chinese people? Chinese yeah. people, yes. That seems a little racially insensitive. <laughs> well, they are the number one uh, um, immigrant to the U.S. over uh, Mexican people, so there's enough there go. Plus to go around. There's enough to go around. I don't think it's racist if it's for a good cause. No, I well, no. Yeah, for charity, everything's fine. Or I feel it's like true. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, fine. it's like a bachelor auction. If you, <laughs> if you want more information about it, you can go to freewillbrewing.com right now, and one of the first things you'll see on the page is the uh, uh, Hoften Dorm, uh, Dormal uh, mm-hmm. fundraiser. You see it right there. You can click on it, get more information, and uh, it'll also tell you how to spell Hoften Dormal if you want to <laughs> Google it and, and, and find the GoFundMe campaign so Smart that you can help, yeah. uh, uh, help them build the farmhouse back up, I guess. Yeah, it's a uh it works very much like the U.S. there, where it takes time. They send in insurance agents and adjusters, and they try and clean things up, quote unquote. Yeah. And they throw things away, and then they, you have to wait for a check. And it's not for the actual end money that you would get; it's for what it costs to produce it, which, as you know, in the brewing industry, isn't very much. Sure. So you get nothing. Plus, in the, plus all the downtime in the meantime, yep. not selling <laughs> right. beer. Okay. They are functioning now, and they did do a blend of a lot of the remnants of batches and bottles and 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 in kegs and things like that, and made a and blended a beer called inferno to help you know gain some traction again yeah so did any have a, a smoky flavor i don't like know rash, i haven't had a any. Lambic. <laughs> they might as well do it they, yeah you know. I mean, it'd be interesting if it did yeah uh, they're really really good people well if you're in the in the area if you're in pennsylvania go to free will brewing company it's this friday is that yes. what it is yeah this it's friday to nine and yep. you can go support uh that way so did you did you learn a lot about brewing lambic beer by by going there and actually you know brewing with the Belgians or did well, you? Well, we made a regular beer. We made a you you know, okay. farmhouse say dark saison. My my intro, my uh, my contribution to that was Barista Midnight Wheat, and I, I wrote a lot of the recipe myself. Okay, and I had that shipped in from the UK to get to his place, and then uh, but we while we were there, we did go to um, Cantillon and Dreyfontanen and Boone. And I did that. That was like sitting there and listening to those guys is really, you know, awe inspiring. Yeah, truly. And that's now I get it. <laughs> sure. And not just how much they know about it, but how passionate those guys are about it too, yep. right? I yep. mean, they speak about after all these years, they they speak about it like it's the best thing on it's earth. Love, really which is. I agree with. Yep. Yeah, it's brewed with love. It's with love. <laughs> Every beer is balanced with love. harmony. It's and the yeah. beers are brewed with love, <laughs> especially fufun. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. yes, that yeah. it is. <laughs> I got some of that. <laughs> so tell us about the beer that's in our glass here. It's your creek. This is the creek. This is the, the same base culture as the um, the peach we had before, except with uh, Montmorency sour cherries. So th- this is much less assertively tart, isn't it? So I think it so. almost feel like we should have started with this one. Did you tell us to do it the other way for a reason? 
I like the peach more than the, the creek myself, and I think it, I, I, it's my personal favorite of, of the lambics we do, uh, especially this year's that. batch. Now, wait, is this the same base beer or the same culture? It's the same base beer. Same base beer. It is less, uh, much less tart and sour. Especially tasting it right against the peach back to back. It's comes. I think if you just opened the creek, you'd you'd be like, oh, this beautiful cherry cream flavor. It's got some tartness, but not not nearly as a Mm certain. It's cherry pie. It's yeah, right. To me, it's a. a watermelon Jolly Rancher. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It just makes, makes, but, but makes your, that, your salivary glands yeah, just squeak. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. yeah. Your jowls, yeah. even, right, Justin? <laughs> Unless you're Asian. Yeah, your jowls sweat. Right. Um, but, but to me, there's a lot of cherry skin. There's a cherry tannin. So mm-hmm. I like that you get the tannin structure from the fruit into your beers because a, a lot of places don't do that. I would if if I had my way to change this beer. Obviously, more cherries, but I would like to have the pits in there. These are pitted. Mm-hmm. I wish I could get my yeah, hands the on the pits there. because oh, that would add tannins. Uh, even more tannins. Yeah. Well, you can do, you can get like analogical tannins that'll replicate that. Those kind of body. Yeah. The body thing. Can you buy the pits? You can actually. They use them as pellet oh, really? fuel. You can actually buy cherry yeah, pits. Just like cherry pits. Yeah. pellet fuel. But uh, this year we we have a source for. Um, some uh, uh, local harvest cherries in July. Then I'm going to drive out to central Pennsylvania and get a, a t- at least a ton of. And then that will be for my double cherry because I know I can get consistency with the cherries I'm using for this. Yeah. So okay. for the double cherry uh, lambic, I'm going to add you know, use, twice as much fruit. So everything fruit? else is – I'm sorry. Everything else is the same except you'll just do double the fruit? Double the fruit, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, I was going to say, do you use uh, whole fruit or do you kind of pulverize it or cut whole it up fruit. a little bit? Even with the – For all of it. Yep. The peaches, we process them like this. In. Oh, you just <laughs> squeeze them. In. Okay. Hand squeeze just them and throw them in. 800 pounds with gloves. Wow. In. Wow. Okay. They were perfectly ripe. They were all fresh peaches from a local uh, orchard this time. I see. Nothing green. And you're not the first one to say that whole. there's nothing wrong with just throwing whole fruit in there because it just eats. It takes it right And we use it everything. multiple times. We pitch on it. We'll, we'll rack off of it. Uh, well, the, the cherry, for instance, we rack off the, the initial fermentation on the cherries. And the culture still in there, and the cherries are still in there in some form. They're white at this point and still mushy, but they still look like cherries, hmm. just about 40% less mass. Okay. And then we'll rack uh, the, the, the wort from blood and guts right onto it, and it actually picks up a substantial amount of cherry that you wouldn't even think was still there. Wow. And that was a real eye-opener when we, we did that. That was a, a wing-it type of beer, and it came out awesome, and I was yeah. very pleased with it. So now we do that, and then we rack off the blood and guts off of it, and then I'll rack more base lambic wort onto it again, and then it'll re-ferment with it. At this point, there's, like, nothing left. It's, like, 10% of the mass. Okay. At this point, the, it's just food for bugs. But so, it's still food. And it, yep, so I'll leave that in there, and then I'll put more, more cherries into it. And leaving some of the, the dark darkness from the blood and guts actually allows for more color stability hmm. in future batches of the creek. As you can hmm. see, this is like pink, but it, it starts a lot brighter and drops out over time. Okay. With the new process we're doing, we'll actually get more color stability over the years. And so, have you, you, so you've never taken cherries out of this fermenter? You're always just adding more? Correct. They, nice. get, they get consumed wow. to nothing. Wow. <laughs> well, That's great. You're just lazy, I think. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm a workaholic lazy guy. Why clean it when you can just leave it in yeah, there? Leave it in there. Yeah, plus, the cherry's still working. Yep. Still contributing. And they do that over there, too. They'll use them until there's nothing left. Okay. You taste the cherries after? Uh, have you ever had one af- after this first I, Have creek? I pulled one out? No, actually. I, I should probably do that. I'd be really curious just to... I bet it tastes amazing. Probably gushy. <laughs> it, it probably feels gross, but tastes amazing. Uh, I mean, it's got to be sour. Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to taste like the beer that was in there. Yeah, yeah. whatever's in there. Yeah. No, just yeah. make a pie out of that. 
As long as it doesn't taste bad, I'm glad it's there. Lamb McMosh pie. <laughs> right. So I know Jay from the Rare Barrel, uh, I think he's exclusively mm. using puree for his fruited sours. And I don't know if this is a fair generalization, but puree maybe is given a more sort of candy fruit flavor. And the whole fruit is given more tannins. And I don't know, maybe depth isn't the right word. But do you plan on using puree and... Uh, I'm gonna actually have to use puree for the raspberry this year. Would you? Would you? Is my is what I said fair to say? Do you think? Uh, yeah, sure. If that's what your perception is, sure. Yeah. Now, why do you, you think you can't get whole uh, raspberries? Raspberries are so in demand that most of the farmers get all their money from pick your own. So getting somebody local to not pick your own and sell them to me wholesale, it's <laughs> not gonna happen. But I think with the raspberries, you'll be fine because it's just it's just macerated. Yeah, it's smushed right. up Yeah, so you're, yeah. You, there's nothing like a stone to, to, no. to pull out from it. So you're still, yeah, you'll get it. I think with the raspberry on, purees, you do get plenty of tannin. Yeah. You do? Yeah. No. Okay. My mind just got blown. People go pick their own fruit? Not for well, how do you yeah, think, for is, small How do you think it's get harvested? How do you think you eat it in the store? Well, but he said well, pick your own. Like, like, a, like it's a farms. thing where like you go out and you pick your own oh, fruit. Why would you? Who would do that? You don't have kids. It's like a thing. Yeah, no, it's like a thing. Like. I could take Abby to, like, a cherry orchard, and we See? could just go pick baskets and baskets of cherries. Yeah, but you know that people do that for you, right? <laughs> yes, and they sell them on the fun. corner right by my house, <laughs> and yeah, I buy them. Exactly. And what's oh, even crazier is this? that usually you pay more per pound for to the stuff you own. pick your Are own. Are you serious? Yes. Yep. Yeah, at apple orchards, you'll pay more for the stuff you pick yourself yeah. than if you just bought the apple. Because it's retail. Wow. <laughs> right. well, yeah. It's an experience. The experience, also, yeah. right. You're buying I'm the experience. It. Yeah, it's like going to cut your own Christmas tree. Right. Which right. also and seems And again, ridiculous. who does that? Do, do you pay more for the cut your own tree than you do at the, the for the Lowe's? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yes. Hmm. You, you do? do? Yeah. You might. That might depend on the farm. Because you might screw it up and say you don't want to pay for it. What a racket. Yeah. Or you just go to the national park. Drag and it cut down the tree. <laughs> I feel like our sponsors should have to make their own commercials and pay me more to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's the well, same as thing. Fact, you need to host the show? Yeah. Yeah. You need to offer the make your own option. You make your own and pay me more. My rate just doubled for hosting the shows now. <laughs> yeah. no. Host it your own. Pay me more. No, you have to pay me more yeah. to host your no, own show. No, I don't show. want to. I'm oh. doing you a favor. Oh, I see. Right. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm lost yeah. now. <laughs> I would give you economics, baby. Let's try some more sour beer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, John. John this this uh, creek uh, is unexplainably not as tart as the peach lamby. Can we help coming with that? You, what do you think? Uh, some of the uh, the fruit is actually the sweetness of the fruit is still there, and it's offsetting it. I'm like, it's actually why am less, I not getting it? Less total acidity uh, contributed from the cherries as opposed to the peaches. Oh, I see. So the peach sugars. Generate some of the lambic that's that well, sour the, character. The, the peach has more actual. If you were to like take all that the acid, like the citric acid. Oh, there's the actually more of it in there than oh, in there is oh, in the, okay. the cherries, right, right. which so, is a but, huge part. Like when we're talking about the sourness, we were saying like pucker sourness, which I really love. And you're saying that that's like acidity. That's mm-hmm. what that's coming from. Okay. So, yeah, you're saying that if you eat a peach, there's more acidity in there, but because peaches have more sugar, that tastes sweeter overall compared to a cherry, and so. The fermentation of the sour beers taking away all the sugar from either the cherry or the peach, but the peach has more acidity to begin with. Yep. Yeah, brings so the, 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 the Yeah, the, the end beer is more sour. I understood it better when John said it. <laughs> so did I. Just not. I was just making <laughs> sure I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> John, I want to mention how quickly, as I was pouring this uh, white, the next beer, how quickly uh, all of the hosts in this room downed what was left of their glass and shoved their glass toward me <laughs> eagerly. It's, yeah. it's yeah. not a common thing. Good body, our body language is uh, <laughs> and these are all, a lot here. These yeah. are all 4.9%, all the lambic base 
beers are all low alcohol, very traditional. Because I, I like to sit there and drink a bunch of it. Yeah, and that's and we'll do that's how they're that's how they're meant to be, right? Yep. A man after JP's own heart. Did you feel that way before you went to Belgium? That about that, yes, you did. Yep. So. I did too, but I was ashamed of it because I thought it made me a lush. And then when I went to Belgium, they were like, no, you, we drink pints of this. I want to drink beer. You, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to drink a little bit of beer. I don't want to sip it. And <laughs> we talked about this b- b- before. Part of the problem here is that it's so expensive uh, yes. for us to purchase. So I think that's why we started sipping it because it's a smaller bottle. But I always felt, it, unlike a bourbon barrel-aged something or a barley wine that is a sipping beer, I never felt like sour beer was sipping beer. It's you take drinks of it. Yeah, uh, because it's very it's, refreshing. It's very refreshing. Yeah. It also makes when you have a, a drink, it makes you crave another one. It's so dry mm-hmm. and the, and that sourness, you, you want to quench your thirst again. Uh, so anyway, I'm just glad to hear you say it. That that's how you. Yeah. Which is why it's it good to have the sides of your mouth like <laughs> touch each other. What about yeah, the heartburn? Exactly. Do you have do you have a pint and then a roll of tums and then another pint? I actually like don't a, have any problems with the heartburn. Even the whole time in Belgium, everybody else was popping them. No problems. My wife had mouth ulcers like crazy. Oh and, no, uh, not a problem. I don't I don't know what. Nah. I don't really either, unless it's all I drink for for the evening. So if it were a sour festival, You're like or something, nine of them, I'd yeah, that, that'll do it. Then, yeah. but but I could have. A, a, a few pints, like I like like I would a pale ale, and I don't get it either. Okay, um, but I you definitely. Guys suck. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, Bilo has like a sip, and she's a mess. I, yeah, I can have like a sip, and it just instantly is angry. All right, so tell us about this sour in our glass. Now, this one was uh, created by uh, uh, Philly beer personality, who is uh, the uh, chief editor for Philly Beer Scene Magazine, Matt Falco. Uh, for his award show that basically gives accolades to local beer, everything. And um, it started with – it's the same culture as Alambics, but it's a different recipe. There's some spelt in there, things like that. And white cranberries. Okay. And that's why it's called white. He designed the name and the whole premise around it. And we made the beer, and we presented it to the the industry, and everybody really loved it. So we made it again just for the Philadelphia area, and we're going to continue to do so on a yearly basis, although next year – I'm going to do it a little differently. We took some of the first batch of this, which we did for the awards, and put it into Chardonnay French oak barrels with red cranberries for an additional year, and it's just way better, in my my opinion. (laughs) And people still dig this version a lot, but my personal opinion is the other version is superior. So the other version had white and red? Yep. Okay. White and then an additional barrel aging on red cranberries for an entire year. Actually, a little more than a year. Got it. And that's not the color. It's the variance in the fruit that the white tastes different than the red. Yeah. Well, there's a color difference also. The white cranberries are white. But yeah, there is definitely more brightness to this one. Oh. Than the reds and the, the red did darken it up a little bit. It just it gave it a little bit of more of a golden hue to it. But it, the the oak, the tannins, oh, the and barrel. the red cranberries and all that worked in such a, a harmonious way that it was just a superior beer. I can see how barrel aging and additional fruit would make this a, a an even better beer than mm-hmm. it. But it already is. It's tremendous. Yeah, it's a really well made beer. So as the guy who gave you this kind of strain combination cocktail of of bugs come back and said okay so you're making good beer with this <laughs> teach me how now that i gave it to you well it, it's distinctly different at this point okay. i mean it's definitely uh, has become our own so to speak with uh I, I can't even say that it even has the the petio and the lacto in his culture anymore i don't know i haven't actually compared the two i mean it had the beer and it's not at all the same okay so it's it's definitely its own animal and it likes our basement and luckily nice. going in the right direction yeah yep. Yeah. Yeah. and we haven't had any issues thus far knock yeah. on wood, well, yeah, that dude. um usually in a mixed culture with bacteria the bacteria will inherently become the superior 
population and yeah. you have to knock it down and in, in oak it's a you know a washing of some sort but uh it hasn't done that in in three years okay at this point it's been and we're basically being belligerent with it and it's uh still performing almost the same way across the board yeah okay so it's great Keep Thank doing you. it. Yeah. Now, all these beer, these sour beers that we tried, uh, people can buy them at the brewery, or, yes. or how do people get your beer? They are available at the brewery and throughout our distribution footprint, which is Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and within a few weeks, New York. And by the end of the summer, we'll be in D.C. and Virginia. And we'll see where it goes from there. Okay. Was it tough to get into New York? Uh, well, no. I mean, we, we had to make a conscious decision because that, that market is – ridiculous it's huge <laughs> um and there's a, a competitive edge that we don't have and that's there's a i think an eight and a half cent per bottle tax goes right back to new york we can't match that but with these we can the sours yeah Hard. so we're going to do limited draft and we're going to focus on the sours and we're going to give them one type of sour at a time mm-hmm. and just let the beer do its thing okay yeah um we we don't need to worry about shelf stability with this beer um, and it, it speaks for itself. I don't need to rep it. I just need to present it, and the liquid does most of the work. Yeah. I that was our right business model was to, to try and make the best beer we possibly can, even though we had limited equipment, and let the beer do most of the work. Yeah, once again, you're lazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lazy workaholic. That's, I'm, that, that's I'm, what Denny Khan said. That's right, and, <laughs> I'm, and I'm loving the model. <laughs> that would be a good name for a beer, lazy workaholic. Lazy workaholic, yep. I work, <laughs> I work about 80 to 90 hours a week. Mm-hmm. That's but, it? yes, I, I like to find better ways to make the beer more efficiently yeah as long as it's going in both it, directions both it, better and more efficiently it's always good if you weren't as lazy you might not have to work so much <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right yeah. so what does one of these retail for uh they're between 10 and 12 bucks a bottle oh what? Man. Are you kidding me yeah Come i'm really on. screwing the market <laughs> buy it by the case no, why are you driving the price down on this stuff <laughs> i uh i i started making sour beer not because i just love it because it's really freaking expensive and everything we do is with a spe- specific reason with these sours is to try and keep the price affordable for the end user yeah and that's part of the, the choice of this bottle um reason why we don't corking cage although we did switch to corking and capping okay so you can horizontally age them so you have a larger surface area for mm-hmm. more accelerated thank celery. you for doing that yes because uh, i have like a cheap wine fridge right which i would love to keep my sours there and the only ones i can keep there right now are, are some cantillons Cantillon. because yep. they cork and cap yep uh, but anybody who just caps, I'm afraid to lay it on its you side. You should not do so, yes. Right? Cause it, so talk to me about that because it will – It'll rust. It'll rust. Eventually. It'll okay. permeate the uh, the plastic layer and it will rust. Yeah. It's weird that you don't see that more often given that Cantillon does it. And that every, a lot of people – Oh, is, is that why? <laughs> That's right. In fact, I would think it's it's pretty expensive too, but you're saying it's rather cost-efficient. Well, with this bottle, it's actually a wine cork. So okay. the, the, the production rate on those is – through the roof, so you can actually get a wine cork, a decent, really good one for not a lot of money. It is I an see. extra step, but it does uh, produce uh, a better way of a- aging it, and it, and it's, yeah. it looks cool. Uh. Do you have to do them by hand? Yes, we still package all the sours by hand. We have a, a six-head gravity filler, and it's a it's only a once or once a month or once every t- couple of weeks that we do. We'll do like two thousand bottles at a shot. Wow! And then we'll we'll keg the rest of it because six dolls, as you would imagine, at that price point, fly. Okay, yeah. So that's everybody yeah, in the brewery course. for one day just sitting around the Well, we actually bring in a bunch. And that's the only point we're bringing some friends yeah. is for that. Do they get paid in sour beer? They get paid in money and sour beer. Oh. Yeah. Don't we, don't like, we don't like free help too much. Yeah. Because <laughs> it sucks? Well, taking advantage. Yeah. Are you? And you get what you pay for. Look at you with morals. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ethics and right. stuff. Yeah. Hang on, i got to go back and edit that out of the program. <laughs> yes, Justin's comeback. Are you? Are you, are you really, though? Yeah. Hang on, let me edit it right now. That's what you're going to do? <laughs> Sorry. All right. What are we pouring now? 
Blood and Guts. This was the wing it beer. Again, lazy. Uh, didn't want to take the cherries out of the tote. Let's say, let's see yep. what happens. So yep. we pushed some dark word onto there, which was designed to be sour. Okay. Um, no black patent in this. Black patent and sour beer usually equals a flavor similar to hot dog water. Gross. So <laughs> no is uh, always the answer when anybody says, let's put black patent in the sour beer. Okay. Oh. Hot dog water. I'll remember Midnight that. wheat is the answer. Bebo in there with her double wide fantasy oh. is like, what's wrong with <laughs> hot dog water? Her ears yeah. perked up. Yeah. I'll take yeah. some of that. Right, yeah. I've <laughs> seen her with a water bottle with hot dogs floating in it. <laughs> Sometimes uh. I make hot dogs and then I make noodles in the hot dog water. <laughs> it's my favorite perfume. <laughs> That's how okay. I got Sam. So, you guys are extra mean tonight. <laughs> and also extra right. Yeah. But there is always a but. But I did work at a place called Sam's Doghouse in high school. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. And, yeah, you did. And, we and you're up. walking into it. Yeah. And we cooked him in a steamer. And I just, when he said that, I remembered the water in the steamer. And the yeah. smell. You smell like wieners all the so time. So there's like this layer of slime that was on the top. It was nasty. We yeah. call that biofilm in the beverage yeah. industry. It was probably your job to change that water every now and then. No. By the way, that's how she landed Sam. She would spray hot dog water on her every night. <laughs> Sam walked in there and be like, hey, Sam my like, name's Sam. This is my place. <laughs> there is something about you, girl. I don't know what it is, but it is something. <laughs> you would be surprised how many dates I got asked out on after leaving the <laughs> Sam's no, hot dog. No, while working at Sam's yeah. dog house. Because you like can really a, handle them bugs, It's girl. like a... <laughs> Hot dogs like a dude pheromone. I don't know. You smell like you just smell like baseball games. I don't know what it is. You smell, you smell like filler like and nitrogen. I, just, I don't know what it is about you. God, you're like you're just full of preservatives you're, or something. I don't know what it your is. Your face has this beautiful sheen. Lip, lip you really know how to handle weed. Uh, Want to go to the Costco Lauren, food court on Friday? It's a pheromone. Yeah. You're, like, you're like a mystery meat. <laughs> Hot dog, the new fragrance I wonder, from Sam. I want to read your ingredient <laughs> list, girl. Oh, the hot dog? All right, so black patent equals hot dog water. Yes. Let's, let's get this. That's your, that's your tip for the day. All right, I like it. And, and I think we hammered it home, so people <laughs> yep. will remember that. Too. I don't know. I think we could <laughs> break uh, out a few one more one-liners. So, sorry, so what did you uh, do to get the Midnight wheat from Breeze. Okay. Smooth darkness. I love that stuff. Okay, got it. Gives you the dark character, no acidity from the from the, the roasted malt. And then the only fruit is the fruit that you poured it on top of. Well, second use cherries, yep. You didn't add addition uh, additional fruit out of that. I get like uh, if Black Forest Cake was a sour beer, that's what I get from it. Okay. So there's some residual sweetness that is left behind. This one's a little over 6%. There's a little like uh, cold pressed coffee yeah. flavor yeah. in there yep. that I really like. I'm um, even going d- deeper to like ashy. You will, that's in the yeah. aftertaste, I get, yeah, yeah, it's it's not my favorite because uh, of that ashy bitterness. I don't. It's not. I've heard people say that before. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you know, I think it's a safe, it's yeah. just a safe room. I think we can. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Say, of course, yeah. uh, the peach uh, is still my favorite. What? Well, your favorite one? Yeah, this is like a hard thing to do. We've said it before, right? That the the sort of roast and sour, yeah. as a general mm-hmm. rule, those two flavors don't mesh. Dark sour. This is an example of a very well done one. But you're still trying to make something works that sort of inherently doesn't. Yeah, and I don't mind even the the the, the ash and the aftertaste is almost like a cigar. Uh, so it's a little yeah, tobacco. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Much Which, more earthy. I'm adverse to roast, but this is much like more of an earthy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Character to it. The newest batch. This is last year. This is the first batch. Um, the newest batch we actually put on oak for a while, um, and that's going to add some more complexity and some some more depth to it. I mm. think that's going to help with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's still not the newest batch. I still don't think is quite where I want it to be. But with with such a program as this, it does take a well generation to get it to yeah. where it really should <laughs> be, right, at right. least. So well, yeah. the, the second use of cherries is really nice. I think it's got a great cherry flavor. Uh, I, yeah, I was really surprised use. at yeah. how much was contributed to this beer when I when I pulled it out of the tank after first checking. I was like, "What? What happened?" <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, Beeb, is the camera on the guest? No. Yeah. Hey, John, show this the label of this beer we're drinking. The blood and guts. It's a oh, great label. Camera, Bright yeah. red and it's got a chainsaw. Oh, nice. Do you have any tr- <laughs> you have any trouble with the uh, the go t- a little bit TTB closer, with that? No, you not at all. Approved? No, nope. We have another beer called Pixie's Revenge we had problems with because it was originally called Pixie's Dust or Pixie Dust. Yeah. Okay, they, had a, they had a problem with that. Why? <laughs> well, apparently it's a drug reference. Drug reference. Oh, it is? Oh, I thought it would be your marketing to children. Oh, I had no too. idea it was a drug reference. I called. I finally got the guy to give me a cell phone number, so I called this guy at the TTB, and he's like, well, it's a drug reference. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not really to up what? on my drug yeah, reference. Doc, is Doc, what kind of drug is Pixie Dust? Doc is shaking initially. his head. That is <laughs> not a drug reference. <laughs> Doc doesn't know. It's, it's Angel Dust. Oh, it is? Angel Dust, yeah. Apparently it was on a list. I was like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not okay. on, up on my drug references. People like, still... Well, neither am I. But does anybody still... Angel Dust, nobody in this room was alive. That's what I was going to say. Do people still do Angel Dust? Uh, no. Maybe the Tasty. They do? Yeah. I've heard of Angel I Dust. I do. Yeah, I do. And all your reference. friends. <laughs> I masturbate with it. I've heard it's of it. On, on Throwback Thursdays, everyone's doing it. <laughs> everyone's doing... <laughs> hey, guys. It's Angel Dust night. Yeah. Well, you give it a new name and it becomes something cool. So you don't have to do Angel Dust. You're doing Pixie Dust. That sounds like that one TTP guy was like, I remember Pixie Dust. No, I, I he gave me such a hard time. If I was going to name my beer, I would, I would know. I remember Pixie Dust being some drug. Wow. I'm that old. I almost thought you were going to say that he was like, well, consumers might assume it actually has Pixie Dust in it, so we can't That would be that. a plausible answer as well, yes. I would not yeah. have been surprised if he said that. Yeah, yeah. you're never surprised at anything uh, that comes back. But Chasing right? the Dragon, totally approved. No problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the hell? Not a problem at all. Uh, of course it is. That's I was preparing to fight that then, and... Straight through. So it just matters who the particular yes. agent is. And yes. his mood, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want you to get in trouble or anything, but I just think it's a very... Uh, yeah, the TTB listens to this show all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, 14 to 16,000 of them. They may, exactly. Maybe they do. They do like fourteen to 16,000 labels a year, each of them. So right. I'd imagine it's... So, so it, well, not only that, but but some just go right through. They just they, you can't possibly pay attention to like the all dehydrated of alcohol that got passed uh, again, right? Uh, that yeah. went through, and then they pulled it back, and then I heard it got approved again. Wow, what's up with that crap? They're just uh, sliding it through. Yeah. it's kind of like uh, getting your beer entered into GABF. Uh, you just gotta <laughs> know you get the right table; it's gonna go right through. Uh, you gotta wait for the right perfect storm. I love this beer. <laughs> on, yeah, gone. You know, I did try. I think I mentioned it. I did try to get uh, one of the famous guys. Uh, Battle, his, his Battle name Martin. is Battle Martin. Oh, yeah, yes. he's famous. That's the guy. <laughs> I tried to get that guy on the show. I, I he's dry. Now get ready to be shocked. He didn't respond. He I didn't got a even cell phone number. Yeah, no. yeah, let's again. Seriously, <laughs> let's call check. Him right I seriously have a I'll send him line. a text. Yeah, on August thirteenth, twenty fourteen, I, I sent a very professional and nice email. And, and uh, only one. What, what's his name? Battlebot. Battle Martin. Battlebot. Megatron. Yeah, Battle. Battle. Wow. He was very professionally dry and government. Yeah. yeah okay. Stonewall Martin. Hello, in. John. It's battle. <laughs> Your label has been disapproved. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Do you know how many people have gotten that call? Thousands. <laughs> yeah. But why? It's now, a drug reference. Thank you for now, calling. None of my labels are going to get approved. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure he's a huge yeah. fan of you. Now we have your number, battle. Mr. Angel Dust. <laughs> <laughs> so he's looking out for you. Uh, well, they're all fantastic beers. Yeah, your, man. Your, your core yeah. beers that we had in the first segment were all, all great, too. And then the sour beers just got even better. Thank you. 
Please go check out freewillbrewing.com if you're in uh, Pennsylvania or New Jersey or New York or Delaware. Delaware, Then go buy some. Uh, You have it on tap in in different markets there, too? Yeah. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Can you skip over like the whole country and and do say Contra Costa County, California? <laughs> next? I have been actually. People have asked me to do that yeah. for about two years. Okay, I'm actually working on uh, a way to send beer farther without having to manage it this far out here. So we're going to get yeah. somebody to do that for us. Well, I would like to add my name to the list of people who desire that. Yes. Uh, we would love to sell Thank it you. here at the Hop Grenade, yes. and I think people would just go nuts for this beer. Yes, cool. Thank it's, you. It's really good stuff. I think I can make that happen. Well, I, do, I do want to thank uh, the listener who hooked us up in the first place, Brian yes. Colsar. Mm. Uh, he sent oh, hey, John Brian. an email. Sure. Hey, Brian. Yeah. yeah. He sent John an email, and he uh, he he made the uh, connection happen, so thanks, Brian. And Brian was going to come with us, but couldn't make it work, oh. unfortunately, so I'm out here by myself. Oh, well, we won't send the jet back again, so <laughs> yeah, Brian, jet, Brian jet A out. is expensive, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so I know he's listening. <laughs> not only thanks for sharing the beer, but thanks for coming out here and doing the show in person. That's a lot of fun for us, so sure. we appreciate it. Well, i got to take us a break. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. 888-401-BEER. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft beer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all-grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew-Easy All-Grain Brewing System. The Brew-Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew-Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew-Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. 
Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in anywhere precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we are able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the session, live from the Hop Grenade. Having a good time. All right, so we're going to play the new game. It's taking the brew world by storm. It's never been played before. Uh, And it's called, Is Justin Really an Idiot? So why don't we meet our contestants here first. Uh, I don't even know how this game is going to work. Are are we just going to let them? uh, Is anybody playing for them? Are we playing with them? What have we done to to make this game work, Scott? I'm sure sure you've thought out every detail. Yeah, yeah. On on the plane on the way back from Vegas, that was all that I was thinking about. And, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. Why don't we let uh, each uh, caller team up with a a brewcaster? All right. I need some paper from somebody because I have uh, guests to remember here. But let's go to our our first caller. It's going to be Thud Monkey. I believe Thud Monkey has been playing games with us recently. Thud Monkey, what's happening? Hey, how's it going, Justin? It's going well. Hey, Tayuga Sequoia, guys, you're going to need headsets. Otherwise, you can't hear the callers. So, Thud Monkey, uh, are you ready to play Is Justin an Idiot? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you like to answer now, or uh, do you just want to wait till yes, the game is yes. over? Yes, uh, yes. The all right, yes. let's go to... My response is yes. All right, that's not a lot of you. Uh, let's go to Cedar. Uh, Cedar's on the line. Cedar, what's happening? Hey, Cedar. Hello. <laughs> uh, Cedar's already ref- referring to himself in the third person. Hey. Uh, Cedar. Hey. Cedar says hi. <laughs> I, I picked Nate to represent me. All right. Perfect. No, Nate's not yeah. here. Yeah. He's uh, not going to be much help tonight. <laughs> so that's, but listen, uh, you're off uh, to a good start, Cedar. <laughs> JP then. All right. JP good, is always good. Good second choice. Okay. All right. Uh, all right, and then uh, who else do we have? Scott from Pennsylvania. Scott, what's happening, buddy? 
Not much. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Turn your radios down, guys, please. Yeah, everybody's got a one. And then finally, we've got West Vag. I don't make these things it's up. It's Johnny us. from West Virginia. <laughs> oh, there. I forgot no. the first part. It's West Vag. No. Oh, West Vag. How am I supposed to know that Vag is Virginia, Suze? West. Since when is V? Since when is V A G? Virginia. You actually into Susie? Aren't you Susie? Hey, you're blowing the pretense here on the Justin's an idiot show. Yeah, right? this is fantastic. Yeah, no, don't prove it too soon. Uh, I did tasty. <laughs> Who was the three? This you. Red, it says veg. It says veg. Yeah, it says West V A G. She's totally fucking. With you. you know what? It, I blame that guy Sal the, the Dominator, your old like uh, corn holding partner. You know who I'm talking about? No. Wait, what? what? <laughs> corn holding partner, veg. Yeah. What? Oh, you're gonna pay more attention to the show. Oh, that's you saying Johnny is. No, I said, like, I started calling Virginia Vag just because of that dude. Susie, sit back down. What? Just whatever you, just keep going back to doing what you were doing. <laughs> Wait, too big Who's what? on line three? I didn't even catch that. Are you keeping score? Because I was Scott, keeping score. Scott's on line That's three. No, no one scored yet. You're keeping score. I just need to know their names in front of me. Uh, Susie confuses me because... That rhymes. I don't know if she's making sense or not. You see what I mean? Like, when right. other people don't make sense, I go, they're not making sense. Right. Susie does, she doesn't make sense in a convincing way. Yeah. <laughs> and you start questioning yourself. Yes! Like, and I start to think, like, yeah. like, did I not read West, does everybody call it West Vag? Probably right. right. <laughs> I mean, what about Cornhole that made West Vag make sense to her? All right. I don't know. So, who's, who's Scott playing with? Well, I don't think anybody's playing with anybody, actually. Okay, they were just Here's what it. we're going to do. We're going to let them do it, and then they can reach out. We're all going to You guys are all going to give your opinion, and they Got can it. take it or leave it. Yeah, you ask us. Yeah, let's do Some that. of us there. All right. Yeah. Why I, ask me? I want you to have your own uh, structure in mind. Just, you know, you did your thing. <laughs> because yeah. you didn't structure this out. You have no idea how this game was going to no, go. No, but I came up with something. Right, yeah. On the fly? Yeah. I didn't like it. You <laughs> asked, he answered. <laughs> right. Yeah. Overruled. Overruled. All right. He couldn't uh, say it then, but he's saying it right now. All right, now. thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, I've had five minutes. Uh, all right, so the game is, uh, does Justin know anything at all? Uh, that's what it's been called this whole time, right? And what we've done is come up with brewing questions. Uh, some of them simple, some of them not so simple. Uh, Scott's going to ask the question, and then uh, at that time is when you decide, do I know the answer to the question. What you know? And we'll go uh, down the line and, and around the room and, and let everybody play a little bit. And then we'll play my answer that I recorded earlier before the show. So uh, let's hear our first question, Moscow. How do you know the hot break has occurred during the boil? How do you know the hot break has occurred during the boil? Thud Monkey, do I know the answer or not? No. No. You don't know the answer. <laughs> Do do all the callers? You guys all know all four of you. Yeah, Thud Monkey. No. Do you do you without no. giving the answer? Do you know the answer, Thud Monkey? Uh, no. Okay. Wow. Cedar, what do you think? I don't think Justin knows. Do you know? I think I know, but I think I don't know. <laughs> huh. All right. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> he, although he, he was a little more convincing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was Raising a Susie answer. All right, Scott, what do you think? Do I know the answer or not? Mm, do, I, do I have to guess before I hear everybody's opinion? Yeah, uh, but only because I made the first. The, for the first round, I'm going to make you all guess, and then I'm still going to yeah, ask everyone. We're going to check your metal. So go ahead, Scott. All right, well, I'll go with yup. 
Nice. You do know. Scott thinks I know. Man with a little bit of faith, finally. Jesus. Yeah, a vote of confidence there. Thanks, buddy. Johnny, what do you think? Oh, you absolutely know this. Johnny thinks I know it. Johnny's got a lot of faith. Absolutely. Man. JP, do I know the answer to this question? I think you... I think you know the answer, but I think you're going to get the answer wrong. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah, like, 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 you, <laughs> like you know what it is, but you won't be able to answer it in the proper fashion. Okay. Like you would know it if you saw it, but you'd call it like a chest freezer or some shit. Like yeah, that. I don't know. something completely wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like when, I'm, like when I do a two-hour interview, and then at the end I say a different brewery name. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I that. mean, that would never happen. But, uh, <laughs> that would never yeah. happen. I'd like no. to thank no. Sierra Nevada for joining us today. <laughs> right. All right. Good answer. Sardina, what do you think? Yes, absolutely. You think I know it? Yeah. Now, Mike brewed with me this past weekend. so He did. You know. Tasty? Do I know it? Oh, yeah. You'll know it. You'll, you'll Can I answer it? You'll answer in about seven words. The answer is about seven words. It'll take you about 35 or 40. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> also, we will say. That's also pretty accurate. He knows. Yeah. Uh, and Beardy. The, the question is, because so, I watched you struggle with it on Saturday. The question <laughs> is. You, you watched me struggle with hot break? Yeah. Okay. The question is whether or not you knew that you were struggling with hot break. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I did struggle with it. Yeah. Huh. We were struggling with hot break. We actually not were struggling. Yeah. I do believe we were struggling with hot break. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't yeah. one of your four things to worry about. Right. right. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. one of my four. I, but I'm just not sure if you knew that you were struggling with hot break. So that's right. why. Yeah. I'll say yes. This mash smells funny. Oh, so you say I know it. I'll say that you did connect two and two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I need to establish something before we give my answer. There, I, there needs to be a consensus on whether or not I got it right. I was going to ask Kevin Cox to tell us what, uh, what that answer is. How do you know the hot break has occurred during the boil? However, even if we get that, there still needs to be a consensus on whether or not I got it right. Because yes. like JP said, oh. actually, and Tacey are both saying, yeah. I'm going to say things. And do they equal me knowing the answer? Yeah. So how about uh, Tasty, JP, and Beardy, so that it's an odd number? They get to vote whether or not I got it right we'll or not. We'll be the judges. Okay. And that way okay. it okay. should always be, yeah. the, you know, majority will rule. Got it. Because yep. otherwise we're going to end up arguing if I got it right or not. Okay. Yeah. Can, well, with them being the judges, can we still have Kevin tell us Absolutely. what it is yeah. first? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah we'll Kevin, grab a mic. Tell we'll us what the answer is. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, so what was the question ex- exactly? How do you know the hot break has occurred during the boil? Well, I honestly haven't talked about it this to anybody in a very long time. But the way that I would do it is I would pull some of the sample out of the kettle into a Pyrex and put it into a refrigerator. And if it separates clear, then you've done the hot break. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's see what I said. I think it's because a bunch of chunks start uh, floating in the boil and uh, it, it usually causes my boil overs. All right, what did the judges say there? So, judges, <laughs> did I accurately describe hot break and how you know when the hot break happens? Yes. Yeah, I guess. I think that's, as, that's as close as he's going to get. I was looking for more of, like, ex- like exactly what, what are those chunks is what I was hoping to hear from him. But Proteins. Well, but the question is, how do you know when it's happened? <laughs> Not what is it. Right. Right. 
and when the when the chunks float and boil overs happen. Right. But I was hoping for when you see the protein coagulating in the wort. That's what I was Uh-oh. that was yeah. my ideal question. But yes, I will give you that. Same thing. Chunks, Tasty. protein. Yeah, you would yeah, you, if you took that knowledge and went brewing, you'd be fine. You you know enough about it to know when it's happened. Yes. I know he knew it. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Who said? Who, which caller said he knew it? Someone, someone guessed. Scotty and yeah. West Badge. Two guys. Yeah, Scotty and Johnny Badge both said I know it. <laughs> so that'll be a point for those boys. All right, let's hear the next one. What's the proper term for green apple type off flavors? <laughs> All right, the proper term for green apple off flavors. We'll start with Johnny this time. What do you think? Do I know it? I think you know it, but you're going to say the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> like you know that you know the name of the chemical, but you're gonna say the like you're you're gonna say diacetyl, but it's not diacetyl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Johnny knows me, so that's a no. That's a, that's a no. All right. All right, Scott, what do you think? Sorry, buddy, I'm gonna say no too. Mm-hmm. Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Cedar, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> I think you know a cedar aldehyde. All right, cedar says yes. And thud monkey. I think you know a cedar aldehyde. I agree with cedar. Wow, right. so that's uh, two for idiot, two for not an idiot. So thud and cedar think they know the answer also and think that I know the answer with them. Tasty, what do you think? Oh, uh, well, I'm a judge, so I'm impartial, of course. But... Uh, <laughs> Do I know the answer? I, I don't care what the I, answer is I think, yet. I think you do. All right. Yeah. Sardina, what do you think? Yeah, you got it. Jip? But I'm only 60-40 on that, by the way. No. It's not like, oh, fuck you. I don't think you do. I think it's too long of a word for you to have mastered the, the what it is. By the way, somebody keep a brewcaster score. I want to, I want to know. That, so, JP, what did you say <laughs> on the last one? I said you don't know. You it, said you no, right? Right. right. So no point there. Nobody grabbed a pen when you said someone keep a brewcaster score. <laughs> right. Last Mike, time I treated to keep score, I got Mike said back. yes. Right. Tasty. 60-40, yes. On the last one, what did you say? Uh, no. I you said sh- you know both. Yeah, so far. I said you'll know both of those. Yes. Beardy also said yes. I said, you, yeah, on the last one, you knew it. That means you're trailing, JP. Yeah, that's what I do. Right. <laughs> Usually uh, wins. All right, where were we on this Usually one? Usually comes from behind. Right, Beardy, so, do I know this one? Uh... I don't think so. I think you're going to be like Jolly Rancher. So, Beardy says no. What did you say? Tasty. Tasty says I'll know it. Sardina says I'll know it. Jip says... You won't know it. All right. Let's find out if I know it. I believe that is acetaldehyde. I knew it. Mm. Boom. Is that the correct pronunciation, though? I think think there's some extra letters in there. Actually, I think it's... I don't know if it's correct, but it's more correct than acetaldehyde. <laughs> well, it's also more correct than Jolly Rancher. So yes. Yeah, that yeah. is true. Yeah, Kevin, do you know how to properly say acetaldehyde? It's you don't either. It's a weird. That one's tough. He hasn't yeah, had that flavor in his beer Acetal. for a long time. Yeah, so he doesn't right. know. He gave up that flavor. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I knew that shit. You did. Yeah. Look at you. That's two in a row, and that means that we have a tie game among our contestants because Thud and Cedar both gave me the win. And uh, let's see. JP, you just said yes. I said you don't know it. So that's no point. Yeah. Tasty said yes. That's a point. Mike said yes. That's a point. And Beardy said no. All right. Acetaldehyde. Yeah, that's not right. That sounds like acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. Like acetaldehyde. 
Aldehyde. Right. Yeah, I was being deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> There's an L in there. Yeah, whatever. Uh, all right. Next question, please. What does SRM stand for? Oh. Uh, well, this one seems easy enough. <laughs> Thud Monkey, what do you think? Do I know what SRM yeah, stands yeah. for? Yes, you do. Cedar? Senior Radical Math. Correct. <laughs> That's a no, I think. <laughs> do I know it or not, Cedar? No. Cedar now thinks the game is, do they know it? Right. <laughs> Does he no. know it? It's, uh, it's a Justin, bad rule of thumb. Justin doesn't know it. All right. Cedar says no. Thud says yes. Scott, what do you think? Nope. And Johnny? No. No! <laughs> There's only one yes out of these guys. Uh, all right, JP, what do you think? Do no. I, you say no. Okay. Uh, Sardina? i got to say no on this one. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Tasty? I'm piling on here, no. <laughs> and Beardy? Yeah, it's unanimous. It's no. a, a unanimous no. So I've got one yes in my corner. <laughs> oh, really? From, from Thud Monkey. From Thud, yeah. Thud oh, Monkey okay. thinks, I thought it was unanimous. Can I, can I please change my answer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Thud, would you like to change your answer? Don't well, I, I don't think you know this. So Thud's gone back. Now you've gone to no. You know SRM. You know SRM means... Lightness and darkness of a beer, but but you don't know the the actual the actual acronym. Right. Yeah. Some random measurement. Some sort of tire. So, or something. so yeah. thud, you've gone to know. Yes. Well, once again, I have to ask, who does know it? You you four on the phone. Who does? Do you guys know? No. No. <laughs> no. Over four. <laughs> yes, this, this is what makes Amazing. it a good game. <laughs> yeah, it still doesn't excuse me from knowing it. It's sort of my. Oh, well, that's a tough SRM, question. I, I mean, think. SRM. You should, you should know that SRM means the lightness and darkness. It doesn't yeah. matter about I'm fucking you know, blood. I don't need SRM. So. You so, should you should know wow. MPH means like how quick is your car going? Like you don't have to know what it actually like stands for, you know. Well, so now depending on whatever answer I give, the judges uh, may have to interpret the question. Uh, <coughs> did the question ask for the meaning of the acronym or the or, or, the or, this or does no, 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 no. he know what SRM <laughs> it was means? very clear, clear, for, clear right? question. What does SRM stand for? There's stand. no yeah. if ands or buts there. All right, yeah. Let's find out if I knew what it means. That would have been so. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for, but I know that it is the measurement of the color of the beer. Yeah, you guys know Justin very well. <laughs> He'll know what it means, but not what it stands I, for. I, I don't know. I would have said the same thing, and that's all. That's the best I have. Does anybody in the room know what SRM <laughs> no, stands for? I had to for? Google that. Shit. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Beardy, what does it stand for? Standard reference method. All right, there we go. Yeah, well, Beardy went to brewing school. No, I didn't. Shit. So that's a point for everybody on the planet, I think, right? That's what just yeah, happened? pretty much. You all shut me out, jerks. Uh, all right, what's the next question? Name two noble hops. Hmm. <laughs> Two's hmm. not two. I'm already stumped on whether or not I answered this right. <laughs> I don't remember this. That's Can I get punch for credit for one? <laughs> New BN game, yeah. Does Justin know if he answered the question from earlier correctly? <laughs> and Did I'm, Justin play the game? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm thinking back about my answer, and I'm wondering if I got it. I think I maybe said run wrong. We'll find out. All right, Johnny, what do you think? Do I know? Uh, can I name two noble hops? 
dude, you used to screw at German. You should be able to name two <laughs> Come on, man. You know, technically, I was I was with her for a long time, but you guys have no idea yeah, whether yeah, or not I was screwing her. Right. You know. Yeah, that's true, but we'd all be highly disappointed if you hadn't. Yeah, you and me both, buddy. Uh, all right, <laughs> so you're giving me a yes, Johnny? Yes. All right. Scott. Countless hours of brewing radio have to have paid off. You you know this one. All right. <laughs> you guys all assume I'm paying attention during the program. Cedar, what do you think? Saws and... <laughs> no. Can I hang up on Cedar? Can I just say that Cedar's wow. an asshole? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, Cedar, I hung up on you there for a second. Cedar, does Justin know the answer to this question, yes or no? Oh, fuck. Holler yeah. Tower. All right. She says yes. And Thud Monkey? Yes. And I will go as far as to say if you gave Justin six hot varieties, he could probably get all four. What? I don't know if that was a compliment uh, or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah. I am very used to backhanded compliments. Yeah, I'll that, take everyone. Yeah, that was one. <laughs> that was a compliment. I don't understand. JP, do I know the answer? No. I don't think Ooh. you do. Uh, Mike? I'll say yeah. Yeah. Tasty? No, oh, you'll know, yeah, sure. Beardy. You'll know. All right, let's hear. Well let's that there are there are four, right? Noble hops? It's Hallertau, Tetanang, Spalt, and Sauce. We're not missing one, are we? Yeah. God, Uh-oh. I hope you are. Okay. No. <laughs> well here's what Justin had to say. Hallertau and Perlay. Oh, one for two. I thought Perlay was a fifth uh, uh, is that not a noble hop? There's four traditional noble hops. Can we get a consensus on whether or not Perlay is a noble hop? Oh, I, I, I don't have enough experience. Here, why don't Ke- I... I'll Kevin get, Cox is shaking his head. That's I'll a simple wiki away. I'll get on the Bing machine. Let's Google that shit real quick here. Oh, by the, why are you waiting? Uh, and the reason I'm thinking that it's a noble hop is because I remember Dan Gordon using it, and he's like a oh, Nazi yeah, yeah, it, yeah. about noble hops. It is an old German hop, but, but maybe not one of the noble varieties. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe. It's so, who is that? Saws is one. Yes. How did I not say that? I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I was on the I was on the spot. There was Just a microphone in my face. I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. All right, they're looking. They're good. This is characteristic of noble hops, but but look, the, the the reference material that I was reading when I came up with the question, there are four noble hops. Pearly was not. One of those four noble. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Right. I don't think it's a noble. I, I think I'm not arguing. I'm just no, curious. No, I, know. I, yeah. Think yeah. A, I think it's a crossbreed of ah. or derivative of, but it's not. It's not one of the traditional ones. So Damn judges it. say no. No. Okay. Yeah, with that, I have to say no. All right. So that means all of our contestants did not get a point on that one. I let you guys down. Uh, it means that JP is the only one who got a point in the room yep. on that one. It also means I should start banging a German again as soon <laughs> as possible. I think. I feel like that's what it means. Did you ask him to name some, name some English hops? He might do better at that. Yeah. All right, how much more torture do I have to take? What's our next question? What is another term for continuous sparging? All right. Mm, Thud monkey, what do you think? Uh, Yes, yes, you do. You do know. Thud says yes. Cedar? That's sparging. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Can I just also now say I could not hate Cedar more? (laughs) (laughs) You can say that, yeah. I hate him. 
Yeah. I I meant to say fly sparging. Fuck you. <laughs> huh. Well, no, he corrected it, himself. That's all right. right. Yeah. Cedar, so, would you like to answer the question? <laughs> yeah, 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 fly sparging. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just doesn't know what the game is. That's another question. <laughs> I think he answered the question. He's answering Scott's question. He doesn't answer no. the right question. We have to do it every time. Uh, Cedar, right. does Justin know the answer to the question? Yes. <laughs> okay. He's making you work for this yeah. game. Yeah. Wow. Scott. Uh, I'll go with the dumbbells and say yes. Okay. And Johnny? Mm, I think I'm going to go with no. All right, Johnny, trying to get out ahead of the pack there with a no. JP? Um, No. You've said no every time, Yeah, you've been a real schmuck to me all night. That's like guessing C. Eventually you're going to get it, yeah. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry. What's your strategy again? How many points do you have? Uh, The same as you, I think. Exactly. Yeah. No. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Mike? I'll go yeah. See, Mike's on my side, although he's losing. No, he's doing – actually, he's in the lead. So he's on my side and doing well. Tasty? You'll, yeah, you'll know, sure. And Beardy? I think you'll pull it out. Yep. All right. I will pull it out. And <laughs> will I know the answer to the question? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll help. It'll remind you. Fly sparging. Oh! oh got it. Nailed that one. Psh, do I know brewing? <laughs> I thought for sure you wouldn't know it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Mike just got another point. Tasty got another point. Beardy got another point. JP's a douchebag. <laughs> uh, all right, next question. What, what's the score? Uh, let's see. For callers, we have everyone has two points. No, everyone has three points except for West Vag, who has two. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to leave that one to you then from now yeah. on. Uh, I have four points for Mike Sardina, four points for Tasty McDole. Two points for JP, three points for Beardy. All right. That's what I have for the, for the in-studio. What are we going for? How about, like, last question right now? What do you think? Well, if, all, if there's a bunch of uh, callers at three, we can do a couple more, see if someone can pull ahead for the win. Well, how about, though, if, if somebody wins right now, we call it a yeah. win? all right. All right. <laughs> how about not that? <laughs> playing something, <laughs> something else. It's a little embarrassing Sunday. game for you. Actually, I'm really liking the game. I just don't want it to drag on so okay. far that it's not fun anymore. Got it. Yeah. Uh, what's the next question? What does attenuation mean? Oh, Jesus. There's no way I know this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know right now. I don't, I don't remember my answer, but there's no goddamn way I got it right. Come on, guys. Don't be ridiculous. Oh, you don't. Um, I just want to welcome our... I take you 100 words. This is a, I think this is where judge's discretion is going to come yeah, gonna, We're going to have to make a decision. Yeah, we're going to have to decide if he knows or not. Uh, all right. Let's go uh, with Johnny. What do you think? Do I know what attenuation is? I think you know what it is, but I don't know if you're going to know how to put it into words. I agree with you. So, yes or no? Yes. Yes? I think that would be a no. No. Well, okay. Scott? I'm going to go with yep, because you like alcohol in your beer, and uh, you know what it is. Yep. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I like his. I like his philosophy that I would zero in on the things that I that my body needs. It's not a bad strategy. Yeah, <laughs> really. Right. My brain uh, will will fall in line. Cedar, does Justin know the answer to this question? Shit, I have to go to his class guy. You know how to put it into words because you know that's what you like. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Cedar says yes, and Thud Monkey, what do you think? 
Yes, you know that yeast eats sugar. You guys are confident. Uh, <laughs> JP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stick with no. Because <laughs> either way, I'm going to lose in the inner office pool. Mike Sardina. Well, as the person responsible for the fermentation of our homebrew batch, I <laughs> sure as I hope so. So, yes. <laughs> Still has a lot of faith. Tasty? Oh, yeah. You'll know this. Kevin, you've just met me tonight. Is there any chance in hell that I know what attenuation is? Oh, yeah, Kevin yes. says yes. Wow. Uh, I'm liking the confidence. Beardy. Uh, yes. Oh, you guys are all dumb. <laughs> I still so even before it gets answered, uh-huh. I do still think I know what it is. Uh-huh. Oh no! But I'm not sure I was able to explain it. Well, right. Judge's decision is final. Uh, but anyhow, let's <laughs> let's hear this rambling. Let's see what we got. Attenuation is how much sugars in solution are fermented out. So basically, your attenuation is how you get down to your final gravity. Just a really yes. weird direction. Yes. Sounds good to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unanimous. Oh, because KP? what? What isn't it? The the uh, but on the yeast side, right? Isn't it like uh, the percentage of sugars that the yeast can yeah, consume? Yeah, but I think that's what I that's what yeah, I said by during during fermentation. Yeah. I wasn't listening. I don't it's, know <laughs> the degree of yeah, how much it did that. You had yeah, one yeah. job. No, that sounds great. Yeah. Yes, yes I, I got it. Attenuation, right? This is definitely one I should know. Do we have a winner? Or we a, have a three-way tie right now. Oh, right? no. With who? Thud, Cedar, and Scott. West Badge got it wrong. Thud. Again. Again. Boo, smelly badge. All That's right. Three in a row, West Badge. <laughs> West Badge, I'm going to let you go, brother. Thanks for playing, man. All right. Peace out. Cheers, dude. <laughs> peace in. That's what I always say. Of you guys, uh, only JP didn't get a point on that one, right? That's right. Yeah. So... <laughs> That means, uh, let's see, Beardy, you're out. Huh. What? JP feel, is dummy? out. Huh? It's now down oh, to the yeah. two mics. You guys have a tie score. We'll see if we can All separate right. it here. See if with, we can break it here. With another question. Uh, I what prefer do we to call them the two tasties. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do they I also prefer to, to call themselves two tasties. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you saw the acronym FWH on a recipe, what would that stand for? Good question. That Solid a, question. Yeah. <laughs> These are good questions. Yeah. Uh, Thud Monkey, what do you think? think it is all no, no, you do not know. <laughs> He's like, no, no, stop. <laughs> do not do <laughs> this. Right. Do not know. Don't even play the clip. <laughs> Cedar. So what? How? <laughs> Cedar, does Justin know the answer to this question? Yes. Wow. And right. Scott. No. All right. JP. Uh, oh, you're out. Oh, yeah, I'm out. Mike. I'll say no. Oh, how did I kill you? Oh, there we go. I'll say no. You say no. Oh, yeah, you'll know. Tasty thinks I know yeah, this Mike one? Yeah, Mike He's <laughs> you setting it up. Yeah, you'll know this. You're smart. You know the F stands for something. You'll, <laughs> once you say that first word, you'll just it'll fly right out of your mouth. Huh. Love uh, the confidence. Or just for fun, JP, do you think I know this one? No, I don't think you Beardy? do. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah, you do. All right. Do I know the answer to what is FWP on a recipe? FWH. FWH. Fucking with hops. I don't know. Oh, you couldn't even mention it, I guess. Oh, wow. I have no clue. I still don't have a clue. Really? Oh. I had no clue. 
What the hell does FWH stand for? First word hopping. Oh, yeah, that's one I should know. That's why it's a good game right there. I should definitely know that. So that that brings it. Uh, you can finally drop your friend Cedar because Thud Monkey and Scott are now tied. First. I didn't even say goodbye to Cedar. I just dropped him. <laughs> All right, so this is, this is the tiebreaker question. So yeah. whoever answers first, the other person's got to go with the other answer. And who just won out of YouTube, Jason? Mike won. Mike. Mike. See, uh, thank you for the support, Mike. Don't, I appreciate don't it. Don't do that. <laughs> don't ever, do ever bump fists. Uh, you said you wouldn't know. Right, yeah, I was going to say he supported you, you by doubting. Time. Oh, damn it. I gave you the support. <laughs> thank you, Tasty. He's a doubter. Right, yeah. He is a doubter. <laughs> Knuckles oh, to you, Tasty. <laughs> Uh, all right, then. We're down to Thud Monkey and Scott for uh, what I hope is a final question. Yeah, it is. And uh, Michael just informed me that uh, it's a Tioga Sequoia T-shirt that the winner will receive. Oh, I love it. Oh. Excellent. Okay. Oh. Next question, oh. please. What is the ideal pH range for your mash water? Eh, I know. <laughs> Great. Still yeah. struggling with the structure of the game. Perfect. Yeah. Definitely no. <laughs> uh, Thud Monkey. Yes, yes, you know, 5.3, you know it, you know it. Thud Monkey, yes, and Scott saying no? <laughs> That's it. That's not a range. Okay. Uh, JP, for fun? I'm no! Gonna, I'm going to say yes. Whoa. What? Wow, but that, now the competition's off. Because it doesn't matter anymore. I don't value his yes. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> yeah. You can push Better me around, okay. Take that. Beardy? I don't think you do. Okay. What's the question again? Uh, what is the ideal pH range for your mash water? Tasty. The water, yeah, uh, yeah. You're not going to know because the water is like not the mash; it's the water. Well, right. Uh, yeah, that. I feel like the answer is not a, what you're asking for. It's sort of a trick question. You're yeah. going to answer what the mash should be, but the water is something else. Ah. Well, the, if he, the, well, the pH of the water actually doesn't matter. If he gets the okay, <laughs> well, fine. But if the question is, like, is he going to guess somewhere in the range? Well, but there's but not a specific right answer. They're saying the question is. Potentially phrased wrong. Yeah. Because why? Because the We're pH of the, the mash is. water is one thing, and the pH of the mash is another, is another. thing. They're In other words, the mash water is strike water. And did I give you an answer of what my strike water pH should be, or did I give you an answer based on what the strike water combined with the grains should be probably that which would be my mash pH. that's what he meant yeah well yeah. i think you can play the answer and we'll well the judges will decide decide what the intent yeah. of the you give the answer to the yeah, the, yeah. well what we'll what is the, the ideal ph range for mash water i think that's what well that's asking what the ideal ph for your hot liquor is which can totally depend on the beer you're making yeah and so yeah. that range is huge well yeah. but i think you're well the the answer that that we gave is is for the for the mash so that is i did phrase it incorrectly but shouldn't the mash for the the mash ph the mash water of the fuck the ph of the mash me, water has to me, be within a certain range for it to get down to a certain range let me, right? let me make it easy for you I answered what the pH of the mash should be. Fine, that's so, right. So just whatever the question was, <laughs> yeah. you're guessing on whether or not I know what the pH of yeah. the mash should be. Should be. Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah. yeah. And, what, and what is that range? Range, you said a number, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if he guessed within the range, he gets it. But right, we'll just refer right. everybody else. What well, is the range? Is it time to five, reveal? 5'2 to 5'4. Everybody's voted? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, five, yeah, two, the five, callers are voted. 5'2 to 5'4, something Right around there. Hmm. This one, because it's going to remain tricky then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it is? I think so. All right, well, this is for a t shirt. It matters. Yeah. You know what else is tricky? Rock a rhyme that's right on time. 
Mm-hmm. Did we already get there? Yeah, already, who, who guessed yes? Thud, you guess yes? Yeah, Thud yes. said yes, and Scott Correct. said no. Okay. Let's go ahead For and the win. I'm not actually sure of the range, but I think 5.2 is kind of the perfect one. That's a win for Thud Monkey. That's yeah. right there yeah. in the range. Yeah. He's in the range. Thud sure. Monkey. <laughs> Winner. I agree. But, but, yeah. Don't you, I'm but, not going to argue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but he... The question asked for a range. He gave a number. That's why yeah, I said this is going to continue. I didn't give a range. I just said the question I asked for a range, and I said I don't know the range. Right? Huh? So then, no. I'm agreeing with you. Right. What, are the I said no, yeah, right. yeah. what are the judges yeah. say? <clears throat> so the three judges are Tasty, JP, and Beardy. You can interpret the question. That's why I set this up that there has to be an interpretation. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll the be, question I'll was a range, and you didn't. You said I don't know the range. But you gave a proper answer that would fall within the range, but you didn't guess the range, so you didn't know it. You're right. So you're giving a no vote. Correct. Tasty? I did ask for the range. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you you didn't quite answer the question 100%. Yeah. So you're saying no? You gave a number that fell in the range. Yeah, you gave... I think we should both get (laughs) t-shirts. No. No, no, no. Someone has to lose. It's final. I think I think they should both get T-shirts, but one should get sunglasses. <laughs> so well, Tasty says no. Well, also, that, you know that, and we're sort of like you know. First of all, uh, we've already redefined the question, right? Right. I mean, yeah. you know, if you'd answered like say, you know, seven point zero to seven point eight, you know, for a, you know seven eight for eight point zero yeah. for a dark beer that you uh, want to get to too low in pH, seven for most other beers, that'd have been a perfect answer, right? But yeah. you're answering another question, so two together. And since you didn't give a range, I'm gonna have to. Maybe we should throw. The I'm gonna have to give out. you a failing grade, but you, you you scored, but you didn't. Uh, should we throw the score well enough? I don't think so because maybe you guys got the no, answer wrong, that, but you asked me a specific question. Yeah. Even yeah. if you did it wrong, <laughs> that's the question we should throw. Right. Out. I got so not only did I get the question wrong, but then I didn't give a range on my interpretation of the. So if I'm voting, if I'm you guys, yeah, I didn't get it right. Yeah, uh, Beardy, that's two anyways, oh, yeah. so it doesn't matter, yeah. so everyone's a no. Yeah, the, the askers just didn't know what they were asking. So that means right. Scott's our winner uh, tonight, yeah. the first ever yeah. is Justin really an idiot. I tried, Thud Monkey, I, I did my best to, to back you up there. Now, out of curiosity, oh, by the way, Scott, just send an email, bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com, uh, and we'll make sure we get you a shirt from Tioga Sequoia Brewing Company, who is our guest tonight. Thanks, guys, for playing. I appreciate it very much. Now, here's a question I have. Do you have the ratio of what I got right to wrong? Because the game title almost deserves an answer. Is Justin really an idiot? (laughs) And if I got more wrong than I got right, that's what I'm curious about. Let's see. You missed SRM. Um, You missed first wart hop. You missed noble hops. You got attenuation. You got four out of five. You got hot break. Or six. You missed you the got, last one. You got acetaldehyde. So I'm tied right now. Three, I'm, mm-hmm. three, I'm three and three. I have four and three. You missed the range, I, pH range. That I have now is four and, uh, yeah. You got fly sparging. So you are I'm some tied. sort of a, you're half an idiot. I'm the same <laughs> I've always been. Yeah. 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 I've always said that. Skirting by. <laughs> <laughs> So I, now you know what to say when it's you. What kind of idiot are you? I'm a half an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's what they've always called me, Justin Skirting by Crosley. Yep. <laughs> Just barely making it. You did great. <laughs> Thank you, JP. It's not the skirt you're wearing. 
I would like to say that some of the questions nobody knew the answer to. I just want to put that out That's there. True. I don't That's know true. if I could no, have no. done any better, actually. It was very challenging. I like yeah. this game. I think it's a good game. All right, JP. Get us out of here. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. If you desire to hear J.P. drone on about things other than beer, check out his Disney-centric podcast, Ears Up. That's Ears with a Z. Check it out over at earsuppodcast.com. The Bring Back Lunch Meat campaign is in full swing. Head over to Indiegogo and search for Lunch Meat to learn more. Go check out Moscow's Hop Cartoons over at hoplifestore.com. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Today's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP was looking up quick flights to Mexico to get away. Bevo was dieting on cheese plates all night. And your host was Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brewery Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Moscow and winning the race. JP does great as his cherry.